Hey, Spit and Chicklets listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 217 of Spittin' Chicklets, presented by Pink Whitney, the pink lemonade-flavored vodka from our friends at New Amsterdam Vodka. What's going on, everybody? Hope you all had a great weekend. Just want to let you know we're going to be recording a tad early this episode. A couple of the uh, guys have a busy travel Sunday, so we've got to do it a little bit earlier. I just want to let you guys know that. Speaking of the boys, let's go say hello to them right now. Mikey Grinelli, producer, nice lid you got there. What's going on, guys? Uh, looking forward to hanging out with you guys in Philly next week. Some big, big interviews on tap and uh, another event. So looking forward to it. Likewise, Ryan Whitney, what's going on, buddy? Is it too cold for golf yet or what? Uh, I was talking about this today with somebody. How are you guys? Great, great, to, great to see you again. And uh, I will bring up, I have a little formula that I use. No wind and sunny, I can do 41 degrees. That's my max. No wind and cloudy. I need it to be 45 degrees and windy and sunny. I need it to be at least 50. So I have a very specific You're a uh, fucking nut job is what you are. The yeah, fact that you know your exact numbers is just like, well, I've, I've been outside enough to be like, okay, I can tell you, you, you asked me what the temperature is outside biz in Philly. I'll tell you. What's the temperature at? Uh, okay. That's a, fuck you. That's a content piece. Grinelli, write it down right now. <laughs> Every single day when we step outside, Ah, uh, fuck. The problem is, though, is, I, I mean, I trust you. I don't think you'd be looking at your phone at the weather app, would you? Oh, buddy, I would never. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm All the right. guy that gets handed broken sticks in Chicago. I'm not <laughs> the guy that's going to be checking my phone. I'm a, I'm a man of honor. That's true. That's true. I and agree it, with you. This is the last member of our foursome, Paul Biznasty. Bissonette. What's up, buddy? And R.A., I got to throw it right back to you, buddy. Just a team guy. He says, like, some of our travel schedules, the only reason we're recording on Saturday as opposed to Sunday is because it's my fault. So you're a team guy. You kind of, you know, put it on the team. I like Not that. Really though, Tell them it's a pretty special day tomorrow. That's going to be it awesome. Is. But yeah. nonetheless, I'm the reason that if something crazy happens on Saturday night NHL, which I mean, <laughs> it's been a pretty crazy year so far. Every Saturday, there's some type of storyline. If we end up missing it and have to push it to next episode, this one's on me, boys. But it's for a great cause. I get to go back home to Welland, Ontario for hometown hockey. Ron McFucking Clain is coming to Welland, Ontario, dude. I don't think you guys understand. This guy is Canadian royalty. Like, it's a Sunday night, and, and I'm going to be heading out afterward for a few pops for, and, and for a lot of stories, I'm assuming. And there's a lot of people who are going to be hurting on Monday. Welland is going to be the least productive city in Canada on, on, on Monday coming up here. And 
it's it's such an honor that I got asked to do it. And and remind you, Dan Pye is going to be there, Stanley Pye Cup he, champions with the Boston Bruins. Probably he was part of that fourth line that was just incredible. Correct? Like they oh, were like oh Dan Pye, unbelievable, huge part yeah. of that cup. So he brought the cup home to Welland. So fuck, he's royalty in Welland. We got Dan Girardi who just retired, uh, unbelievable career guy who was undrafted. Eight just, pucks, eight pucks for breakfast. Um, uh, Matt Ellis. Uh, a, a Rudy type where dude, this guy, like, like no one ever thought he was going to see a game and he ended up getting, I think what, two, 300, whatever it may be, but great NHL career. And then I got asked, of course, and we get to go thank everybody from back home who made our dreams possible because like you guys know, coaches growing up, I was blessed. I had unbelievable coaches every year. I had a lawyer for a coach, Mark LaRose, who, who when we couldn't find practice time or we weren't allocated practice time from well minor hockey, he would pay it of his own pocket and go rent ice in another city just so we could get on the ice. Like what? That's fucking yeah, that's, wild. Isn't that's it? Awesome. That's awesome. Like guys like that. And, and Mr. Crawlitz, Mr. Shannon, all these different guys I get to go thank. And, and they were all our coaches because we all came into the NHL at that same time. So we all had the, like we were all getting passed on to the exact same coaches. So that was the formula for success. And of course, I mean, well, and just, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a tough town, man. You got to, you know, you're, you're behind the eight ball, maybe a little bit. You don't have the resources the kids in Toronto do. And we, you know, we put our group of our core group of guys at that period in time, kind of put it on the map. So it's going to be a very special day. And uh, yeah, I kind of rambled on there quite a bit. Uh, well, two things. One Sunday night, somebody's getting put on the workbench in Welland. <laughs> two, I've been, I've been, uh, you know, when I worked up at Sportsnet and even people at NHL Network that know Ron McLean. Not often do you get a guy that's that famous and that high up and respected. There's never been a bad word said about the guy. People said he's the like the best guy you could ever work with when they you know they've been with him. I think he's done the Olympics and he's done it all. And everyone says he's just a joy to be around. And the best part is, I guess after all the work's done, Ron will go and have a night for himself. He likes yeah, and he deserves it. He crushes drinks, tells stories, and he's one of those guys. Just the more drinks he has, the happier he gets. So he took his shirt off. That's gonna be fun for you. He took he took his shirt off one time at a bar in Victoria. And, he's kind of ripped and, up, isn't he? Oh, he was. Yeah, he's jacked. And and the picture went viral. And like, I don't think people understand the type of pressure that's on this guy in order to deliver like Canadian news. You mentioned. I, I mean, he's more, he's more sports, if not all sports. But I mean, you said he did the Olympics. Like, you're on the center stage. He's like, done you, it all. There. You have to be on the ball every day. If and, and he and he's, he's like a robot. He never really slips up. Yeah, until he goes to the bar and takes his shirt off. But he's, I wouldn't yeah, say that's all slipping he is, up. Yeah, but he's just showing everyone that he's just probably crushing HGH. <laughs> Ronnie McHGH Clane. It's the worst nickname. The, no, the no, it's staying. It's staying. I love it. McHGH Clane. That what it was? Uh. But, but, and I wasn't being sarcastic. He walks in any place in Canada. Like, people are like, whoa, that's fucking Ron McClain. Yeah, he's he's I would say he's just as recognizable as the, the prime minister in Canada. Yeah, definitely. I would say especially all right, enough for stroking right. off Ronnie. My bad. No, that's Sorry. good stuff, though. Biz. It's funny. I almost said called you like the last of the fab four when I brought you in. I was like that. Obviously, that comes from the Beatles. I'm like, if we were the Beatles, though, I was thinking who, which ones would we be? And I was like, obviously, you two are Paul and fucking John. I would say 
Whitney is John Lennon because Lennon was kind of like grumpy sometimes. You know, that's how bad you want me to get shot. That. That's yeah. how bad you want me to get <laughs> killed. You're a fucked up person. <laughs> I fucking made your dreams come true. <laughs> no, that no, is no. so funny. Fuck you, Whit, for going dark there. He, he no said shit. it because you're a bit I, grumpy. I only called you a genius for Christ's sake. Whit, you're, you're definitely Paul McCartney, the charismatic one, always smiling, whatever. Grinelli's Ringo. You know, he's the backbeat, keeps everything together. And I'm fucking George Harrison, the true True musician fans will see the drum, drummer. No, Ringo was the drummer. Ringo who was, was Grinelli. I'm George Harrison, kind of like the the, I, glue, the glue behind it all a little bit. I I don't know if it was a 60 minutes I watched recently on Paul McCartney. He's the one who's still going. Who ended up getting the divorce and he had to pay like a like a hundred sheets or maybe oh, even more. I think more. it was I think it was way okay, more. Okay, my than bad. Okay, sheets. I would already two like 300 sheets, whatever. Um, he doesn't. He hates when people come up and ask for pictures. He's like he says no. He's like no. I'd rather have a conversation. And I, I, I'm really the same way. I fucking would never say no because, like, you know, I'm not fucking Paul McCartney. But I like the interaction far better than, like, hey, picture, picture. It's like fucking, like, what's up, man? How are you? I'm Paul. What's your name? You know? So, so then I, if there, but, but, but when you're at these things and you're at the United Center and there's 30 people waiting to meet Biz Nasty, what do you do? You talk to all no, of them? No, no, yeah, buddy, fucking ask anyone, anyone who's ever met me uh, in, in public who comes up and it's just kind of organic. Oh, I, no, I you, no, 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 no. You're misunderstanding me. I know uh, that you actually, you, you talk to anyone and everyone and ask people yeah, questions about their lives. But I'm saying if there's 30, you're saying you'd rather go through a conversation. You'd rather sit there and then meet and talk to every person wow, for say, three I hours mean, over, the, take 30 pictures. No, I mean, if, if you're on the run and you want to, you got to go back to somewhere. No, I mean, you got to say, guys, like I fucking wish I could fucking talk to all of you. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm just saying I thought yeah. it was cool that, like, Paul McCartney would, like, rather converse with – with, I mean, fuck, dude. Like, he's giving you – what do you want? Do you, would you rather that picture or would you rather that, that minute and a half, two minutes where, like, dude, Paul McCartney was talking to me about my job. Dude, I told promise- him I was a nurse and I was, uh, we were talking about nursing. Like, fuck the picture. So I think people probably, when you say it that way, would agree you'd rather the little discussion with this legend, this person that a lot of people idolize, but people do everything to show others and they just want to be able to show, yeah, look, right. I got a picture yeah. with them. Yeah. Look, 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 look at my picture with Paul. Yeah, and I, and I, and I, I guess what I, the, ultimately what I was saying when you said Paul McCartney is I, I really respected the fact, and it sucks because a lot of people are going to be like, oh, he was an asshole. He wouldn't take a picture. It's like, Man, you, he, was, he just wanted to talk to you. Like, he would have said hello. That's a good point, Paul, because I got a selfie with Chris Rock last year, one of my favorite Mount Rushmore comedians. You know, I put online whatever. It was pretty cool. But like 20 years ago, I was in Vegas, and I actually was going to see Roddy Dangerfield. I met him in the lobby before of us, before the show, like hours before the show. And I actually got to tell him he's a legend. He's a fucking guy I've looked up to. And he looked me in the, straight in the eyes and shook my hand. He's like, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And I was like, I remember that way more than the fucking yeah, selfie like with Chris Rock. You it's shared a quirky a, moment with him. Exactly. It's incredible. I, I've, I've, I've actually read, um, I think Bill Russell wouldn't give people autographs, Biz, but he's like, I'll shake your hand. Or I might be getting that completely wrong, but it was something where there's many times famous people, really famous people, will just have something their heart. They take a hard stance on. I'm not doing it. So yeah. I mean, I guess if you're doing it as much as these people, you can understand where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You can get overwhelming. All right, let's get back to the sheet here. That's what we're here to talk about a little hockey. In the global series over in Europe, kicked off Friday afternoon. Buffalo and Tampa Bay. Nice little Friday afternoon game from Stockholm for the guys hanging out. Might out of work a little early, taking a long lunch. Tampa Bay won three two. You're welcome, gambling corner. Uh, but there was an Hot. ugly. 
And I, yep, you got it. There was an ugly hit, though. Uh, Nikita Kucherov went a little low on Saboka. Some people thought it was an old-fashioned hip check. Others uh, didn't feel the same way. What would you take on that one? Just so unnecessary, in my opinion. Um, and that Kucherov, he's got a little mean streak in him. Oh, he's yeah. a he real does. motherfucker out there. Oh, yeah. So I just looked at the hit, and it's funny. I saw Prusty, uh, Brandon Prust said, it, yeah, this is nothing, which I, I sense looking more at the hit. It's not like it, he doesn't go directly at his knees. I mean, it's just an unnecessary hit, I I think, and it's like a dirtbag move in the sense that this guy's already shot the puck. Nothing matters anymore, and you could push him in the upper body if you really want to make contact. But just to go down like that is just dirty, I think. So it looked like Sabaka was pretty injured. I don't know if it's a Charlie horse, uh, which I think would be best case scenario, and then you know busted knee or something is worst case. But for me, just you don't need that hit. It, it makes no difference in the play or the game, and I, I thought it was bullshit. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. And I'm I'm, I'm looking back to last year's playoff and that and that play um, against the defenseman from uh, Columbus. I think it was is, is Mark Marcus uh, Nidavara, Is he a defenseman? Nunavara. Yeah, I think Nunav- it was him. Yeah, it was him, and, and, and he ended up getting suspended for Game 3 uh, in the Cup Finals uh, uh, last year. Well, not the Finals, excuse me, the Stanley Cup playoffs, first round. And so now we see another thing, right? And, and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt where I, I'm, I will not label him as a dirty player right now. But I've seen two things in recent memory where this guy, when, when he's a little fired up, his wires kind of cross a little bit. He gets, he gets a little nasty, okay? And listen – you're playing a lot. Sometimes the oxygen isn't all the way up top because you've been out there for a minute and, and you know, you're, you're a little frustrated at something and, and, and you're like, ah, fuck, and then you do something stupid. Okay, well, he's done it a couple times now when his frustration is really shown and, and it's been other guys kind of feeling the brunt of it. So just moving forward here, like, I don't know, can you remember another guy as skilled as, as Nikita Kucherov, who's one of the league leaders, having that big of a mean streak? Like who's been like the other guy who like who's been who, who's a you know a top ten scorer every year or even top five scorer every year who's who's fucking Marshawn now well, yeah I guess okay so Marshawn for sure he's becoming that great of a scorer by the way I saw quick I'll get into it after but yeah. another player top ten. It's always been mean as shit. Like, but but even even saying Marshawn, I would say if Kucherov has like one one or two more of like these incidences in in the next two years, are you going to start putting him in that category? Maybe to like not the level of Marshawn, but you got to eventually say, well, fuck. I mean, there's a pattern here. You, yeah, you say all of a sudden you say, all right, this guy's dirty, and and people who came out and said yeah, he's kind of getting out of the way, he was not getting out of the way of Sabaka. You can you could have easily gotten out of the way and had zero contact. That was I'm going to do something later and, than I probably should, and I'm just going to get him low for no and, reason. And wait, even for those those morons who who they're they they won't even agree with you on the facts. Okay, sure. You know what? I'll lay, I'll chalk this one up as a, a as a let's let's call it a wash, but on the next one I ain't fucking doing it for you because we saw the playoff one we've seen this one and that's within the last nine months okay so if I see another one this season or at the beginning of next okay all right when are you going to start not giving it benefit of the doubt now once again I'm not going to throw him in that category that shitty situation he had a brain fart another guy got hurt because of it. Let's fucking maybe he gets a game. I don't know. Let's move on. No, he's he's out there yeah. right now. 
Yeah, oh, last, oh, he, he didn't get sussied. No, oh. not, nothing from the DOPS. And yeah, it is rare to see MVP candidates pull that kind of stuff. There was no penalty on the play as well. And uh, Vladimir Saboka was not in the lineup today. He's not in the lineup on Saturday. So he's obviously a little bit dinged up. So yeah, just a, a tough situation you hate to see for a guy. And I would say I'm, I'm a little bit more lenient than others on the Department of Player Safety. I think that's a, that's a game. And and I'm not trying to be a fucking asshole or a hero or be like it was a bit it was a bit dirty it was low it was like late. if Luch gets two games, f- right? It's like, the, the, like right. And I'm not going to start even bringing up the consistency yeah. thing because no, I'm not going to be one of those people. It's a very difficult job because you're trying to keep everybody happy, and 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 you know there's eventually a decision has to be made. But if Luch is getting two there. I don't know. That's yeah. I, I know what you're saying, man. He could wreck a guy's knee, ruin his whole thing. Where the other guy took a punch to the face he was expecting. But uh, they also gave an update on the 2020 Euro Games uh, next season. Boston and Nashville are going to open the season in Prague. They're also going to play exhibitions in uh, other countries first. The Bruins are going to be in Germany. Nashville is going to go to Switzerland. They're going to play uh, Roman Yossi's old team, Bern. So that'll be pretty cool for him. And Columbus and uh, the Blue Jackets are going to open the season with two games in Helsinki. So then there's a couple of connections on each team there. So I don't know if you guys read, read the article, any of the articles about Hedman and how he was at the point of tears during the anthem yesterday because uh, on Friday it was such an emotional moment for him to be having an uh, NHL game in his home fucking town and stuff. So it's a pretty cool column if you didn't get a chance to read it. What's up, Biz? Some people might be a little hard on these type of promotional games, but – the the best part about it, and, and and this is kind of I hope this uh, this situation resonates and is that the word I'm looking for resonates, and and people get to kind of hear that resonates. side of it. They're looking for resonates. Resonates. Thank you. you. Fucking, you got thank you, R. A. You're That's fucking buzzing today. Manager. But but that meant a lot to a guy who's done a lot for the league, right? So Hedman gets to go home and get that experience, which is something that essentially the league is is giving back to his people. And him at the because he's on the world's biggest stage, and they don't really they don't get to experience that. If they want to, they have to travel over here. It ain't the same. So just to see that type of stuff, and then hear that like Pasternak gets to go to Prague next year. Pasternak, oh imagine their night after dude, the two games. <laughs> fucking rights, man. They get to go watch Pasta do his thing in check. And when those guys have success when they go over there, it's like fucking. Then like. Then I started getting emotional and shit. Yeah, he said, I mean, he went to the, when the Bruins played the Coyotes back at the beginning of the season, the Bruins on the cup. Pasta said he went to that game as a little kid. So this is like a big full, will be a big no full way. circle thing for him. Yeah, yeah. Really? The arena I, yeah, yeah. I, when we were there, we played against them. That's yeah. crazy. And they, they had, wish, no, they had, who did they have at the time? They had Chara. They had a few other big check names. And so did we. We had like hands over Bada. Uh, I think I don't know if Roosevelt well, was Krejci there. was there, right? We we, yeah. we had a we had a, a group of guys in our team. We called the Czech Mafia. McCulloch, Zibanek, McCulloch, Zibanek, McCulloch. We had a Czech Mafia on our team, and it was kind of cool. There's like a scary mafia. That's Ladislav Smead, my boy. Which was cool because they all got to hang out and like you know still be themselves and not have to like you know there's no language barrier where like everyone on the team they were all nice guys, so everybody was cool with that so they had their own little clique where they were all. I mean, it'd be hard being the only check on a team if you don't have anyone to talk to. I think it's funny, though, if you, if you do hear the complaints about outdoor games and about, uh, the, you know, say the European games, because when it's such a long season, anything that differs a little bit from the monotonous regular season of travel, day off game, day off game, I think guys really appreciate it. So players enjoy this stuff. And like you said earlier about these guys getting to come home, it's just 
like my dream, it's all I thought about every single day as a young kid, 10 years old. All I thought about was playing in the NHL. Wake up, think about it all day, go to sleep. It was just, it was my life. And I was able to go to see it happen. And Biz, you said it best. These kids never could. Victor Hedman dreamed of the NHL, but it was, it's, must have seemed so far away because you could never even go look at it. You could never even witness it with your own eyes. So I think it's so cool for little kids and younger kids. And they showed uh, guys with Darlene jerseys, Hedman jerseys, even some kids with you know, Stamkos, non-Swedish jerseys. And it's, it's just little kids that are playing the game and dreaming the same dream that, that Biz and myself had. And they're getting to finally witness it you know, firsthand. So I love Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to go as far as saying this, the overall point was like going home is, is, is massive. And my, my biggest game I'd say in my career was when my mom had been sick, right. For like a period of time, she was sick for like three or four years and she had never seen me play a game in the NHL, but we were going to Buffalo and she was finally better. So she was going to come to the game. So it was going to be her first game ever watching me play. Cause it was near home and she could do it. My grandparents had never seen me play a live NHL game. They got to go because it was so close. My grandpa was like, he wasn't yeah. doing good. Man, I had a local guy from Welland who had, uh, he owned a couple of Tim Hortons. He had a front row tickets on the glass in the one end. He gave them to me to give to my grandparents so they could have better seats. Um, I must have had three, 400 fr- friends in the crowd because it was in Buffalo. They could go there 40 minutes away. Dude, I ended up fucking the score in the game winner. And I got to, I got to give, fuck, I'm getting, I'm crying here. I got to give, yeah, um, awesome. I got to give my grandpa knuckles. No way, dude. That's sick. See, that's the stuff that like people don't really appreciate all the yeah, time. When you was, watch the NHL is how meaningful and how much of these kids lives have been put ahead and put towards their dream. And that's why this was all brought up. Cause these European kids, their families get to do that. And like business proving the players get to really show how much those family members meant to them because they finally get to see him do it in person. Like he, he's gone now, but I got to give him luckles on the glass because I got to go home. If I didn't, if I hadn't, like that's what it meant to me. We were going there, of course, they're on the schedule. But for these guys, it's moments like that. And fuck, dude, I'm a plug and I got to experience that. Victor Hedman and guys like that have done a lot for the league and a lot for their countries and growing the game. So now they get to experience that. So sometimes like when people are hard online and they're not really given like, like the full thought through of, of maybe it's not just about fucking like the NHL making money or whatever you think the, the bad reason is it's fucking, there's a lot of th- thought that goes into that shit. It's a beautiful story, Biz. Thank you for sharing yeah, that, no brother. Problem. Sorry really. about the, what's, what's the altitude in here. I'm on the third floor of my apartment building. Not, so that's why not wrong watching being the human. office on an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being human, buddy. Hey, and if you're going to be heading over to Europe next season to check out the early NHL action and you want to fly. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Just won't let that happen. And next time we see them, we will punch the noses of both the podcasters and the KHL playing friends. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I had to do the Russian accent. Well, the, the Russian si- accent was Spanish, French, Russian. Well, I respected it. <laughs> Let me let me tell you something. It was Nazarov. Yeah, I got some more. Notes Andre. Yeah. 
Andre, you're never going to see me again, buddy. And you're never going to see Stapleton again. And you're never going to see any of us. None of us will ever be back. So don't worry about it. Talk all your smack. Be over there in Russia eating your, eating your soup. Don't worry about it. You'll never see my face again. I already, okay, so I already was told. I told you guys. I had a Russian what, tell me, you can't did, go back. Did they, did they talk about what specific part they had a problem with? He oh, did. The, the parts that are the truth? Yeah. I well, think that's I, what I'm saying. Like Anything specific where he's like, the MRI story is not true? I, no, he didn't try to say anything wasn't true. I think he got pissed off that uh, Stapes was telling stories about that creaking off guy. And he's a legend over there. So he probably, I think he just felt disrespected for that guy, for the KHL, for Russia. Ah, okay. So, but also, yeah. th- there was another tweet back in July from uh, Slava Malamud. I hope I didn't butcher his name too bad. He covers a lot of Russia stuff here. It's pretty interesting. And uh, he said back in yeah, July, KHL coach calls for jailing former players who criticized Russia after TJ Gagliotti, Gagliotti went on chicklets to drop truth bombs about life in Nizhnik Nakamstan. Obviously, <laughs> uh, yeah, coach, coach. I'm not Adler, laughing at the name of the yeah, city. I'm laughing at the way you Russia. tried to say it. Syrian's not my thing. Next no, time he right. comes to Russia, we'll arrest him. And this is also a guy, there's clips of him online of throwing a water bottle on an opposing player for beating his guy up. In other ways, flipping off fans and refs like an Italian nun, a bafungo and everybody. And then he beat up a fucking team doctor, reportedly. Fucking beat up his team doctor. Yeah, son. because the, the team doctor said, looked at the MRI and didn't agree with what Nazarov thought the MRI said. Okay, listen. Wait, you're a lot harder on Russia than us. I, I've, I don't think I've ever said it's a dump. I, I don't know. Maybe I have. Maybe I just don't have the memory I never said it. it's a dump. I said Mexico was a dump. <laughs> I actually never okay. said Russia was a dump, I don't think. Okay, well. I've I mean, told stories where, yeah, maybe I come off as, like, very hard on them. I mean, it's all true stories that are very different from how I live and most of us live. It, so it's it is, very worthwhile to discuss. It's, not it's like, very extreme, and they're not aware that it's extreme, but, like, it's like you can't reason with them. So that's why it's like, fuck, now – because we're just telling funny stories of shit that happens over there that's just normal, I can't ever go to Russia again. Like, I might have went, I might have wanted to go to Moscow and see what it was like. And that, now I can't experience that ever in my life. So thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, especially if they any killed a lot of Moscow. I know, I heard Moscow it's incredible. I heard the fucking chicks are tens, and you're like, like, I've heard guys like I, I mean, listen, like, we're not going to name names here, but I've heard guys like they like this. I slept with two tens for $800 and they like clean my apartment. Like, it's just like, what? Is that like, a euphemism I, for something? I, I, I don't, I don't, no, 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 no. Like <laughs> they'll clean your entire mean? body with, yeah, they'll do whatever to you. They'll be throwing tongue darts down your ass, whatever it may be. Now, listen, I don't pay for play. I don't. Ditto. But like, it's very intriguing to hear that. Maybe I will get to the level of uh, where I'm so pathetic and old, but yet I'm still chasing pussy. pussy. Where I just like, I'm like, yeah, let's go to Moscow and like make it real easy. They won't have forget a really this podcast. Good time. You can never go. So we're gonna get a little biz versus Naz at the next rough and rowdy or what? No, I I, I don't want the either. smoke. I just I, want to tell these funny stories know, and hey, make our people laugh. You know, and nobody's lying here. We're just sometimes the truth hurts. People don't like to hear things that that fucking might bother them. Correct, I mean, but, but nobody on here is lying. Is there not an unsettling feeling that like an entire country hates you and 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 fuck, dude, there might be a red dot on your forehead at one point because of a fucking hockey podcast and us telling funny hockey stories. I know, but I've always I've said since this all kind of began and where I think somebody said you think you could get murdered by a Russian. 
can you imagine the god I would be to the Chicklets fan base if I ever got That's gunned true. down by a Russian? Wow. I would, there'd be statues built of me in Chicklets fans' yards. I mean, I'd, <laughs> I'd be honored forever. I'd be the guy who got people to tell funny stories and got murdered over it. I, 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 I'm right with you. I, this, this, is, this consumes my life, this podcast. I would die for this podcast. And I, 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 I fucking right. I'm drawing a line of sand right now. I would die for this podcast. Wait, I'm in board Stapleton's with you. like, perfect. I can slide you? right in. Would you I'm, die hey, for I, this podcast? I, I never thought I'd want to be a martyr for anything before, but if I get killed because we're talking truths on a podcast about Russia, fucking You'd be so a legend. Exactly. I don't want to go down because I, I, I hate to go that way. But if, if well, wits, so I have a son, I don't want to get gunned down. But like in the end, if I were to be gunned down, say I was gunned down because I was yelling at somebody because we were in an enormous argument driving on the highway and it was a road rage murder. That would be pretty foolish. Boys. If I was gunned down because of chicklets. I mean, this would be. Be, hey, be etched, here, here's what's here's what's stone? even crazier here's what's even crazier about this episode is we're now talking about getting gunned down and at the start of the episode ra compared us to the beatles and and <laughs> oh, said that oh, you man. were the guy who was the one who eventually got gunned down oh, i think we i think we have we have anything, entered proving, a different stratosphere hey let's not forget they found george harrison in the hotel in vegas all fucking had a couple too many snapdragons oh my god so this is we're the fucking beatles the podcast (laughs) and i and i don't we probably sound very arrogant saying that no it was obviously we're fucking having some fun here all right oh oh, oh, before we go anywhere else i caught some heat right like timu's story about me with edmonton that's like the worst sounding story actually being older i i like cringe that i said that but you got to imagine it wasn't necessarily a sh- as much as a shot at Edmonton as it was at the time I was living it in Newport Beach. I was eating sushi out of girls' belly buttons. I was like, li- like it was different time, right? I, I was in the frozen tundra on the way to the airport. Like, imagine if I had to play here. Not like, oh, my God, yeah. this is the worst place in the world. More, I'm, in, I'm on the beach in Anaheim. So I know that sounded brutal and looked brutal. But Edmonton, I seriously, it is a great place to play. I know you hey. guys didn't like me, but I didn't mind it at all. Where I respect you for saying that because like sometimes you just like you, your humor is like shitting on things and like you just like being negative and like probably in the moment you're probably just like you know you're probably in a grumpy mood and said it and it made you sound maybe it made you sound a little bit ungrateful to even be playing in the NHL. Well, that's somewhere. what I hated about it. It right. sounded very the, ungrateful yeah. for playing. And guess, in the yeah, NHL. and you're apologizing for. It. We're not gonna. I I respect that. Thank you. I think people know when I'm. I'll accept your apology. I'm messing around. I'm just kidding around. I love Edmonton, so I'll accept your apology. Yeah, because you got you got your cell phone stolen, and then like the fans helped you find it back. (laughs) And it was very easy kills, like layups. Hey guys, let's talk real quick about Roman. Hey, you know we're not always young studs. Every time we're out fooling around. And the older you get, you know, you're the last long you want to last. Sometimes thinking about all those goals Ray Book scored or Wayne Gretzky scored or who won fucking trophies back in the 70s doesn't do it. Can't help it. Your body takes over. That's why you want to get Roman swipes. They are clinically proven to last way longer in bed. They're effective, easy to use, and fast acting. And they don't require a prescription. That's the best part. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging with each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. They're great, and they will not transfer it to your partner, so you can last longer without worrying. Best part is they're super easy to use. Just take the swipes out of the packet, swipe it on, let it dry, and you're good to good to good to go. That's it. 
And when you go to getroman.com slash chicklets, you can get your first month of swipes by just for just five dollars when you choose a monthly plan. If you use the link getroman.com slash chicklets. That's getroman.com slash chicklets. Moving on, uh, we had a big trade uh, the other day. The Blues traded Robbie Fabry to Detroit for forward Jacob De La Rose. Uh, Fabry had been taken 21st overall in the 2014 draft, had a great rookie year, uh, 37 points in 72 games, but then he twice suffered a torn ACL. Uh, he just really kind of couldn't get back on track with the, with the Blues, and I, I was listening to LeBron and Draga, and they had said that at the beginning of the year, Fabry's agents went to Doug Armstrong and said, look, if there's not a role for this kid on the team, maybe we can change the scenery for him. And Armstrong told his agents, okay, let's see how the first few weeks shake out. And if there's not a role, I'll, I'll take care of him. And that's what Armstrong did. He sent them uh, out to Detroit. And, hey, Stevie Y, kudos to him. Uh, Detroit, what was it, De La Rose? They picked him up off of waivers last year. So, basically, Eisman took a guy they got for nothing and turned him into a former number one pick. His first came with the Detroit Red Wings Friday night, gets two snipes on the power play. This kid's got a fucking rocket out there. You guys know him well. Biz, you go first. Well, there's two two parts that I like to discuss, Fabry being the last one. But the first part is when everybody was getting very critical of, of uh, Doug Armstrong in St. Louis when they were going through that patch where they couldn't get over the hump and, like, were asking him to be fired. And, like, I, I was like, this guy is, like, the biggest salt-of-the-earth guy in the NHL. He's a very talented GM. He knows what the fuck he's doing. And – just to see him do like do another move like this where like he could he could be an asshole and be like no he's my asset I'll do with it what I'm what I want and when when they finally approached him cuz maybe Fabry didn't he couldn't find himself in a comfortable role in that team anymore it just like he it, he just couldn't recover he needed a new scenery and uh and, and for Doug Armstrong to really accommodate him like knowing that like I saw online, like, people were like, what? This doesn't make sense. Why the fuck is St. Louis doing that? Well, Doug Armstrong got his cup, and, you know, he's probably given one back to a guy who he thinks if gets a new, new scene can probably excel and, and eventually move on and, and, and be successful. Whereas, like, sometimes it's like, I get he maybe could have got a little bit more in return or, or a decent amount back more in return, but like, that's just a solid bro move. And, and I just like when guys like people like that have success. And I think he's just like, he's a fucking keeper. He is a keeper. Uh, Fabri, he did look great playing that little soft area in the power play. And Bertuzzi found him with two awesome passes. The first one, Mantis gave us some sick sauce through the entire like penalty killing box. And then Bertuzzi found him, but, We've talked a bunch about Fabry because Biz and I have mentioned a million times how we were there his rookie year. He looked incredible. We went out to lunch. We went out to dinner with him the one time. I actually remember looking at him. He was laughing as you and I were like telling a story, and I, I, his face was just like these guys are so fucked. But I right away I liked him. I thought he like was just a good kid, and we saw the skill. So he has the one ACL tear, and then so many guys come back. If you know, not if not just as strong, but even stronger sometimes. I mean, it's it's not the biggest deal to tear your ACL anymore. What would happen? Everyone knows he did the same knee again. All right, so now you're looking at a guy who probably won't be the exact same player. He won't, 
maybe maybe he's a little bit not not as quick by by the tiniest amount, but enough to change him and basically force him to change his game a little bit. So that's now in the second, third year of, of happening. And I think going to Detroit where it is a fresh start, where he's going to play more, off, more of an offensive role because of, you know, the lack of depth the Red Wings have, it's great for him. And that's sometimes a lot of times what, what people need. So not only is he starting with a new team and a new role, well, he's really getting used to his new body. And that sounds goofy, but same ACL twice. It is. You're never the same. So he's learning to change his game the way we've talked about a bunch of guys have. Um, I love the move for Detroit. And you're right, Ari. I didn't even think about I, I It didn't even register that they got De La Rose on, on waivers. So he's turning, uh, you know, he got, he got something from, from nothing there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Not Sorry, to take anything away from that De La Rose kid because he might end up thriving on, well, in St. Make, Louis. What makes sense is he's, he plays more of the role that St. Louis maybe needs, like bottom six, right? So if that's where they had Fabry, well, he's not necessarily that type player. It's, like, it's, a, it's right. a switch that makes sense. So we're going to get a guy that actually plays the role that we have Fabri in anyways when we think he could play at a, at a higher level, just not on our team. Hey, this could, this could, we never know how this one could turn out, but going back to Fabri and, you know, he, he wasn't going to get the reps in the top lines of St. Louis that he'll get in Detroit, yeah. mm-hmm. having the team that they have, where for Iserman, it's a no-brainer because he's going to say play him if, and, 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 and let him maybe fail a little bit because we're not in a pressure-to-win-right-now situation. And let's see if this guy can eventually figure it back out where he was at that point when he got to camp at St. Louis, because we both know, dude, this kid was going to be a – I mean, maybe like I'm a – I'm not going to say he was going to be like Barzell. But I'm I was going to say I'm not going to not say Barzell. he wasn't going to be like Barzell. I was going to say a poor man's Barzell. That's fucking crazy. I would say he would have been a 60-point guy, just a little water bug out there, finding the gaps. Like maybe between like a, like a Barzell and a Ribeiro, where he, like Ribeiro was like a little ultra slow, but he just was like so slippery. But anyway, going back to Fabry is, is nice, nice to see him get that good start. So now he's comfortable there. He has that uh, Guelph connection with Bertuzzi. So now he's like right in a situation where maybe he feels like that core group of guys where there's so many big boys in St. Louis, like he might get lost in the shuffle, right? Some guys need to feel like being like a bit of the man. Like yeah. They want to feel like they get, they're going to get those reps, you know? So I think it's a fucking solid move for Detroit. And I hope Fabry finds his game back to where he was. And uh, cause it, the league will be better off for it. Absolutely. I mean, the only risk Eisenman has taken is that 900K he's paying him this year. He's still only 23. He turns 24 during the season. He's got an unreal shot, as we saw Friday night. So if he gets, you know, fucking 8, 9, 10 power play goes with Detroit, he can get a nice little deal after this season, too, because he's RFA. So. And you know it's going to work out, because Eisenman made the move, for Christ's yeah. sake. This guy doesn't fucking miss. It's funny. He's, he actually has three guys, three members of the, uh, what is it, 14 draft on the team. Of course, Larkin was taken 15th. He just picked up Perlini last month. He was taken 12th. And now, uh, now Fabry. So it's pretty interesting. If they can if you, turn Perlini into a player and a consistent one, yeah, I'll tip my cap. He's, I, just he's got of, a ton of skill. All right, just can't like all the tools. Maybe not the toolbox. Yeah, well, you know, the, the Eisman's good at plugging plug little holes. I'm sure he's going to have some big moves later. But I don't know if you guys caught this in the in the Bees Wings game. Uh, Marshawn and Bertuzzi had a little Dr. Hook, Tim McCracken fucking stick 
fucking beef. There was a, a big scrum around the neck, uh, the net, the net, and uh, Bertuzzi was skating by. Like Bergeron was kind of tying him up. And Mashan saw him. And Mashan put the blade in a, of his stick like right in his face. Like I don't know if he caught him with it. And Bertuzzi snapped his head back, and he could see him go back. Bertuzzi came over with a fucking guillotine swing with his stick. He didn't hit anybody, but if he ever did, man, it would have been fucking ugly. It is a replay on it. I'll have Granelli tweet it out. It was just like you got to look real quick. But it was almost a fucking real ugly scene there. But fortunately, no one fucking, no one, I don't think, got fucking penalized for it. So. Uh, speaking of guys getting hit, a couple injuries, a little injury roundup, some big names that are uh, dinged up. Biz, your boy, Nikita Zadorov is out indefinitely for the Avs. He took a puck off the face against Nashville uh, in Denver Thursday night. Nah, that's a tough look, man, getting hit, bleeding all over the place. So no word on when he's going to be back. And in the same game, Nate Dog also left the game early with a UBI. Uh, but he's expected back in the lineup Saturday night, thankfully for Avs fans, because two-thirds of that line is already gone. Pavel Zaka also took a PK slap uh, somewhere off the body Friday night. No word on an injury as of yet. Alex Steen out four plus weeks with a, uh, an ankle sprain. A mock stall will be reevaluated and reevaluated in two weeks after surgery for an infection in his ankle. What's going on, Biz? Well, just going back to Zadorov, I don't want it to get twisted. I love him as a player. I was just being a little bit critical about him picking his spots um, in, a, in a certain situation. So um, hopefully he gets well soon because that's a big piece for that Colorado team. So uh, I just had to set the record straight. Yeah, just we don't want to see bases. anybody hurt. We don't want to see anybody no. hurt. Hey, Grinnell, you got those Dave Tippett quotes teed up, right, about back-to-backs. Fire, fire those off. So let's, let's, let's listen to those. In your time in the NHL, and I'm, I'm going to go back to even when, when you played, how different 1983? are – are back-to-back road games. I mean, it, it, it seems to me sometimes teams are better on the second half of, of, a, of a back-to-back. You know how different they are? So you play a back-to-back road game, you go out, and you'd have to find something to eat after, and you try to go back to your hotel and get to sleep and get ready for the 6.30 bus that comes in the morning to pick you up, to take you to the airport, the hotel shuttle van that would take you to the airport, and you get on a commercial flight, and you get there, have to skate or go to the rink, your gear would still be all wet, and you try to go out and find yourself a pregame meal because there wasn't pregame meals then. And so you try to go back to your room. You ever see Slapshot where Paul Newman goes back and lays in his thing and puts a towel on his head? That's about what it was. And then you show up the next day and play, and you're tired. Now, guys have something to eat, a milkshake or a pizza right after they get off the ice. They get a nice luxury coach bus to the charter plane to get in here that they got food on the plane. They get in their nice, comfy, brand-new bed at a brand-new hotel, and they have a nice sleep-in in the morning, big pregame meal, nice rest in the afternoon. They show up there, got full energy at night. So it's different. It's a lot better now, put it that way. Pretty funny stuff, man. Dave Tippett talking about back-to-backs in his day versus today. I think the subtext of his comments was, shut the fuck up, man. These guys have it made. Like, it's not that big of a deal going back-to-back. What, what was your take on, on this pretty funny quote? I liked playing back-to-backs. I never even minded it. Um, I, I think that his quote was perfect just because of the tone he has with his voice. It's just like he's like has a perfect That's delivery. Tip. For, That's tip, Perfect buddy. delivery for what he's talking about, but – it makes total sense to me. I mean, it was a grind probably when he was doing it. Nowadays, it isn't. I mean, the, when you when you get in real late and you have to play the next night, that's that's kind of a battle. But you sleep in. There's no pregame skate. And by the time the the game comes, I mean, adrenaline does enough. So, I sometimes never never really thought about 
back-to-backs being like a huge issue just because a lot of times if you play well, it's actually a win-win because if you play well, you get to play again the next night. And if you play bad, you get a chance to just make it, make it up and play again the next night. So either way, you're, you're excited to get back on the ice, and I don't think it's that big of a deal. Tip, tip said it perfect. I, I think it's fair for him to say because he did play in that old NHL. Um, I, I do agree with him in the sense that like people are making more of a big, bigger of a deal about it. Hey, it's how it works out. The buildings are busy. The scheduling, it's just how they can fit in games. Now, hey, if they could find a way to not have to play as many back-to-backs, sure. But fuck, let's chill out here. They've, like, the NHL has adapted so much where, where they're, if they're skating too much, they'll back off. And like most teams don't even do pregame skates now. Like, I think New Jersey adapted the policy where, okay, so they're spending one less time on the ice now. So they're backing off the ice time. I mean, it's basically like saying, hey, like the highest, maybe you got a defense team who plays 25, 30 minutes, but that's not as hard as playing 20 as a, maybe a centerman. Man, if your centerman's going to play back-to-back 20-game nights. That's heavy. Yeah, well, he's probably having the day off the next day. So, yeah, let's back off the the, the crazy amount of, of talk about like, oh, my God, a back-to-back. Like these, these guys are in the trenches. Yeah, it does get a little overblown. And, I mean, as a gambler, I really don't put too much stock in it. I go on who played the night before, what goalie was in, how they played. I don't really like put too much stock in if they played the night before. And uh, Mike Sullivan had some interesting quotes about it too, about, you know, just because he used to always do it doesn't mean you have to still do it. And and let's not forget here. So a lot of these like high end skill guys in the NHL, they didn't spend any time in the minors, so they don't even know what a three and three with bus trips is. I played a four and four in Wilkes Barre once, and we, we traveled had, and we, we traveled. That that's we had a. Um, I've told this on this podcast before. We had a the the year in Wilkes Barre, the lockout year. We ended this season. Four and five, four and five, four and five, four and five. So that's Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's Those were, that was our crazy. last four weeks of the regular season. And the last one, so that's 16 games, math guy. The 16th game on Sunday afternoon was in Philadelphia against the Philadelphia <laughs> We had played the night before in Wilkes-Barre. It's like, uh, I don't know, what, what was it, two and a half hours from Wilkes-Barre to Philly? Yeah, about two and a half. So we, we had a game the next day at five. So we play. This is we played our fifteenth game in however many days. Wake up, get to the arena. We're driving to Philly. We get to Philly. We go to warmups. After warmups, we're sitting there waiting for the game to start. Ross Lupus Chuck, offensive defenseman, cannon of a shot. I know Lupe. Yeah, dude. We look over. He's asleep. <laughs> Fucking fell asleep. I'm almost. I'm, I mean, I'd love to have Loop, Loopy on here. Maybe I'm remembering this not correctly, but I'm pretty sure we had like a huge laugh after. Like, dude, everyone was that tired, and Loop, Loopy fell asleep. It was just these, these, those AHL four and fives. Those were fucked. Maybe that's why I didn't care about back to backs in Chicago and Columbus. That is, that is fucking. T- that's t- that's being tired. Like the whole team was gassed. I think David Kochi was like handing out pills with like no label on the bottle from the Czech Republic. <laughs> take this, take this. Oh, you're like, oh my God, this. It's oh, Kochi is the best. Yeah, and, he, and his man. breath would reek like salmon because that's all he ate. Oh, he ate salmon like a machine. Like a machine. He was a salmon. He ate salmon like a bear. Hey, I just mentioned gambling a minute ago, and I cannot believe we haven't mentioned our guest yet. Speaking of gambling. Like an Edzo, Eddie Olchuk joined us when we were out in Chicago a couple weeks ago. 
outstanding interview. He, this guy had an unreal career, and I think we spent 10 minutes on it because there's so many other interesting aspects of his life that we talked about. We're going to bring him, bring him on in a little bit. We just usually try to mention it earlier in the show, but unreal stuff coming in a little bit. Uh, now, going back to the schedule and stuff, having said all that, the ESPN, ESPN did a huge article, one of the biggest problems in the NBA, and it's about players not getting proper rest. And then the Athletic ended up doing a similar story on the NHL, that it's a constant battle for guys to get rest. And that kind of ties into our next subject, the so-called Jonathan Taves schedule. There was another big article in the Athletic. He kind of proposed a, a new schedule in hockey, and they do acknowledge it's probably not going to happen. But essentially what they're going to do is make it more like baseball. Teams would go to a city and stay there for a few days and play a series, then go to another city, play a series. And it cuts down immensely on the travel uh, again, it might not happen, but who knows what the future holds. Biz, what are your thoughts on the old so-called Taves schedule? So we kind of ha- touched on it on the Tippett comments, but hey, if, if, if it's going to be a better quality product on the ice because there is less travel, maybe rivalries will be set a little bit more because when you put, what you know better than anyone, especially going back to the American League talk, when you play a team back-to-back nights at, in their barn, if there's like a if there's like a hit in the third period at the end of the game or whatever from the first game, oh, you know there's going to be emotions are going to be high for game two. There's a, there's going to be more spunk in the game, which once again equals a better product on the ice for fans. I don't know if they're going to like seeing the same team on a Thursday and then a Saturday or or a back to back night in that one city. Now, I guess that's fan experience. They may take that into consideration better travel situations where they're saving money, right? Because, I mean, you're, you're flying less and, and you're maybe staying in hotels less, so that's going to save the team's money. And, and I mean, there's a, there's a lot of positives towards the negatives. The neg- one, one other negative being um, building scheduling. Maybe that's why they're doing it the way they're doing. So, I mean, hey, if it's not going to fuck anything up and there's a lot more positives than outweigh the negatives – I don't see a reason why they shouldn't consider that. I know that, you know, leagues don't want to keep changing all these rules all the time because it just gets like, you know, that's a big, that would be a big decision because it's not very traditional. Yeah, they, they mentioned in the article that they actually did this without taking in consideration NBA and concerts, and that's probably why it could never happen. The idea of, of um, the idea of it is, it, it is cool, but I do think that if it was just back to back and you know you, you're you're on the ducks and you go into winnipeg and you play on friday saturday night the schedule that i saw in the article some of them were three and four game sets baseball style i think fans would get a little tired of that i think fans probably enjoyed the fact of crosby's coming in in november and march to our arena as opposed to right in a row but the main point of it was that taves i guess is not a huge advocate but has talked before about like uh what is it keeping the green <laughs> yeah he's a big environmentalist environment <laughs> i couldn't spit that one out environmentalist so this would really help know what on, it the, means. on the old carbon footprint that the uh, nhl can sometimes uh, hammer down on our atmosphere with the private jets everywhere so it makes sense anything less flying and anything where it's less travel is a good thing but when it all said and done and there's so many different factors it's going to be really tough to ever change what it is now well, based on the scheduling for NBA, it would be a situation where both um, both leagues would maybe have to get together and agree to do it together. 
Yeah, but there's just like so many NBA cities that don't have NHL teams, so I don't know. I think I, we can all I could I think we can all agree that it's probably not going to happen. I'm just saying if if there's a lot lot more pauses outweigh the negatives, it may be something to consider. The one thing I do like before moving on is that um, every team plays in every arena because it used to not be that way. You used to sometimes play a team just once a year as opposed to twice a year, so every fans get to see every player in the league. That that'll always be there to stay. Yes, I agree with that too. Yeah, the article more or less acknowledges it's very unlikely to happen, but maybe they can incorporate some of the ideas, perhaps, you know, a little more home and homes or something, anything to reduce the travel. And I think Maddie Kachuk might kill the atmosphere keep take, if he keeps taking private jets to assist his field hockey games two hours away, but that's another matter. All right, boys, I think we should hey, send I'd it over be taking them. I'd be, I'd be on a private jet every third day if I could afford it. <laughs> Still haven't been on one. All right, boys, I think we should send it over to Edzo, man. Like I just said, this is an unreal interview. He has a presence about him. He comes in the room. He's just a cool cat. He takes over the room. Uh, it, was a, it was a great time talking to him. So without further ado, we're going to send it over to Edzo, Eddie Olchuk. This interview was brought to you by Black Buffalo. Hockey is back in full swing, and we know a lot of you guys out there are dipping on and off the ice. But can- Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Chemical. We are now joined by a very special guest. You know if I'm doing the intro, this is a guy that we've wanted for quite some time. I'm going to go through a little resume action before I tell you who it is. Third overall pick in the 84 draft when none other than Mario Lemieux went first overall. Thanks for coming. Edzo ended up playing with him and coaching him. Thank you. 16 NHL seasons, over 1,000 games, 794 points. Thanks for coming. In a span of 239 games from 87 to 90 on the Toronto Maple Leafs, he had 112 goals. How's that, Biz? One Stanley Cup with the New York Rangers, Sidney Crosby's first NHL coach, and the one that really cracked me up, just uh, put into the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. Whoa. How are you, Edzo? Ed old Chuck, thanks for joining Spit and Chicklets. Wow. And my first, first NHL coach as well. How lucky am I? I feel like you're first very off, lucky. You guys are living way larger ever than when we were together in Pittsburgh, I'll tell you. The Ritz. Well, Biz was like down in Wheeling when we were together in Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was in the doghouse in that organization. That was, uh, that was good times. Well, though. thanks for having me, boys. Oh, thanks and, for coming. Uh, a tip of the hockey helmet. You guys are... Uh, you guys are knocking it out of the park, so I Thank appreciate you. you guys having me. And uh, um, I appreciate you coming. Appreciate is that all you got? I mean, you didn't have anything about no. horse racing well, or anything? Well, that oh, don't worry. Oh, the yeah. horse racing we brought, brought up, Edzo. But I do yeah. want to bring up the book. R.A., you know what's going on with the book. Do you yep, want to explain book, that? Eddie Olchek, Beating the Odds in Hockey and a Life. It just come out, correct? Yeah. How, yeah, how, is that, how did that yeah. process work? Right, you can the book? write. Uh, first off, there are crayons for you. Yeah, okay. I was say, was right. it written Whitney yeah. style? Yeah. Like? Um, you know, it was something that I had the opportunity over the years to, you know, think about doing a book. And then I was like, nah, you know what? Who wants to read about my life story? And then, mm-hmm. you know, look, we all got stories. We all can, you know, can talk with the best of them, put pen to paper. And, and that's what I did. And then kind of put it off for a few years and then uh, the guy I co-wrote it with uh, Perry Lefko a, a guy up in Toronto who I knew up in my days with the Maple Leafs back in the late 80s he's a horse racing guy and a hockey guy and you know he kind of approached me 
a couple of years ago, and I was we started talking. We kind of did a chapter or two, and I kind of got into it, and then I got cold feet. He started convincing you a little bit. He did. He, he did. wore you down, Ed. He, he did. He, he broke me down. But then I stood back up and said, nah, you know what? I don't have the time or whatever. And then, you know, unfortunately, I got sick. And then some, I, I, no pun intended, I think when I got diagnosed and I was going through my cancer battle, I think that was kind of the final chapter that put me over the hump to write the book, you know, because huh. I thought, well, maybe, maybe I can tie in with all the things I've overcome as a kid growing up in Chicago and making it to the show and playing the Olympics when I was 17 for Team USA and, you know, just everything. We all have a story. We all have overcome adversity. So I think that was the deciding factor on when to do the book and uh, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback. And look, my, the thing I hope is that I can inspire, we can inspire one person either to stay away from the, the, the disease of cancer or any battle, help them get through it because it, it, it tests your will to live when you are diagnosed with the disease and we're all touched by it, uh, and maybe just bring a little bit of hope to somebody. And so you, that for me is the, is the goal uh, with the book. Now, I think, you, I think you'll laugh, I think you'll cry, uh, and I think you'll love a little bit more. And uh, if I can reach out to people in some fashion – then it was well worth the 16 months of pen to paper and, and, and putting the book out. And you had stage three colon cancer, Stage three correct? colon cancer, August the 4th at 7.07 p.m. 2017. I got the call on a Friday night. And, you know, you guys know when a doctor's calling you on a Friday yeah, night after good. 7 o'clock. Uh, and I had had... That'd be a horse tip. Well, I, I, I wish. I wish. Uh, anytime that phone rings now late at night, I always, you know, I always get that, yeah, that, 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 that bad feeling. feeling. Yeah. You know, I look up on the TV and it says Northwestern Hospital. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, you know. But... It was just one of those things where one day I woke up and I couldn't go to the bathroom. And I was constipated. And I kind of, ah, whatever. I went to the Walgreens, whatever. Took some prune juice, yeah, Metamucil, yeah. tried to break it up. Nothing happened. So for two days, I couldn't go to the bathroom. Then I started worrying a little bit. Got to check this out. That's it. And look, if you don't go one way, it's you're going to go another way. And thank God my friend was over at my house. My best friend, Dominic, he rushed me to the hospital. And he told me I had a blockage in my colon. And next thing you know, I had 14 inches of my colon removed. And a tumor the size of my fist and a six-hour surgery. And then, you know, I waited for the for that call. That was how many days later, sorry? That was uh, like a week or... Well, no? I wasn't... I mean, the surge, from the time I got constipated, yeah. the time I had the surgery was uh, was uh, five days. <sighs> five days. Um, the last thing you mentioned there is love a little bit more. Yeah, and, yeah. and I know you're a pretty big family man to begin yeah. with. Five kids, correct? Four. Four, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> After, uh, I, got, I, got, I got enough money. I, never, go, I got I enough never, go, money going out I don't need any more okay? <laughs> don't want to make it any time for the Chiefs than it already is but after experiencing something like that like yeah. how much does your level of empathy regarding any subject just skyrocket yeah you softy you know what you know what Biss? I people have asked me that you know do, do you you know do you look at things differently after being sick right um I mean I think you know maybe when I'm sitting in traffic somebody cuts me off I'm like ah no big deal right but I, honestly, like for me, I, I think I did a lot of reflection. Uh, I look back on my life and on my career, and I, you know, I, I think if anything, it 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 support it it re- kind of re- help reinforce to me is like you know what you had a had a pretty damn good career, you know, like things yeah, that I right. accomplished as a player and a broadcaster and sneaky transition or whatever, you know, right? So, but well, thanks. But I I think when I was going through it, and and I was very much at peace. And what I mean by that is that the most important people in my life. Uh, my wife, 31 years, my four kids, you know, my, my folks, my brothers, you know, people are really close to me. And we all have that circle is 
I've always let them know how I felt about them. And I don't want to get too deep here, but the fact that matters is just like, look, I've always said, I told my wife, I said, look, if if something would ever happen to me, it would kill me if you didn't know. To, that, to have you not know what you've made, meant to me and what our family has meant to me and how proud I am to, for us to be together. And she'd always say, ah, nothing's going to happen, nothing's going to happen, right? I mean, it's just a regular reaction. But So when I was going through the toughest battle, look, I, 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 was, I was broken at times during my chemo treatments. I mean, I wanted to quit. I never quit at anything in my life. I mean, during my second treatment... Uh, my side effects were awful. Like, I mean, I had terrible nosebleeds, headache, neuropathy. Anybody out there that has had chemo, they know what I'm talking about. I had a blood clot in my in my right leg. And you know what? You lose control of of your of your bathroom. Like you, you, your bowel movements. You just like you just you just shit. Like you yeah. just go. Yeah. And I'm just like I can't do this. I'm in treatment two. I got ten more treatments. How am I going to get through treatment two? On September the fifteenth, and I got and I got I got ten more to February twenty first. How am I going to get through it? I said I can't live like this. And my wife grabbed me, and she just said, "You got to fight. You got to fight for me. You got to fight for our kids, and you got to fight for all the people that love you." And we had a moment that lasted probably thirty minutes. I cried, and yeah. I'm like, "This is hard. <laughs> like it, this, it, it tests your will to live." And just getting back to that aspect of always letting the most important people in my life know how I f- felt about them and feel about them is, I think. Going through that at my lowest times, I was like, you know what? Look, if they tell me in six months and we're going to reassess, and they said, okay, Edzo, that's it, it's done. Yeah. At least, at least I knew that those people in my life knew how I felt about them, and I think that helped me get through. So that's what I meant, Biss, about the love yeah. a little bit more, you yeah. know. And we've all been touched by it. And if I can help one, if I can help one person, just get through the day and say, hey, you know what? If that old broken down hockey player and horse player can get through it, so can so can I, and and that's kind of where the spirit of the book is. I shifted to a something you know happier moment when you you don't like flying. Mm-hmm. How did you meet your wife? I met my wife on an airplane, my rookie here in 1984, <laughs> 85 with the Chicago Blackhawks. We 18, played right? Yeah, I was wow. 18 years old. Uh, I was. We were playing a game a Sunday afternoon in Chicago. It was an afternoon game. We were flying to New York that night. And of course, you know there were no charters oh, back bloody. then, so you're flying commercial, middle right? seat, right? like you know every the old everyday school. person. Like we right? are yeah. going old school, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. We didn't sit in the smoking section, so there wasn't like the, the secondhand smoke wasn't you're blowing throughout the, the tin can. <laughs> Chicago there. to L.A. Rip yeah. a couple darts. Yeah. So, so. Uh, that day after the game, there was a bad accident on the Kennedy Expressway here in between downtown and, and O'Hare. And half the team didn't make the flight. And I'm wow. a rookie. You guys know. Look, a rookie, you don't want to be late. You, be, no. you better be a half hour early for everything, yes. right? So I'm like, shit, I better get to So, I mean, I must. I probably endured probably 25 tickets violations driving to the airport. Because <laughs> I said, if I miss this flight, I'm, forget the I'm team down. finding me. How about the veteran guys? They're going to, you know. Only about 11 guys end up making this flight. No. And I get on this flight for American Airlines. I walk in there, and I just see this, the most incredible woman I've ever seen in my life. And her name was Diana, and that's my mom's name. My dad's an Ed or an Eddie. I'm an Eddie. I'm like, and then I saw her last name was Vickers. 
And I'm like, holy shit, the street I grew up on for almost wow. half my life was Mick Vickers. I'm like, wow. let's just get married right now. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, right? This is a done deal. So yeah. you don't even know it yet. How did this conversation get going? Were you sitting well, I, well, you know, I mean, I, probably, I saw what section she was working. It was a big-ass <laughs> plain bit, so I worked. Or I must yeah. have had, I think I had about 18 orange juices that day. Because you, know? <laughs> you guys know I don't drink, so I mean, I'm just, you know, hey, pounding like, orange juices. He's like, thank God half miss, the team's not on this Excuse flight. me, miss, yeah. exactly. I think I was third star in the afternoon for the game, but I'll guarantee I was first star on that flight to New York that, <laughs> that I know for sure so here's even better so you know I was talking whatever and I said hey would you like to go to the hockey game she's from Columbus oh, Indiana that's a right? Line right so there. for the next night so we're playing the Rangers I said okay I'll get you two tickets to the game and I'll meet you at Will Call at the box office so I go ahead, you know, look, at that at that time, it was my rookie year, I was making 75 grand, okay? So the tickets, two tickets, 155 bucks. Okay, not, not a big deal, but I mean, it's still pricey You're when still you're- still spending money. Yeah, right. So I'm trying to impress. So you left them COD. No, 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 no. <laughs> Last row yeah. balcony. Hey, which is cash on demand for those Promo code know. biz 20. It was cash. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> we roll in cash, okay? Us horse guys, yeah, yeah, cash. Absolutely. With a K, Always have with, a a, with a K, by the way. Absolutely. <laughs> so- we win. Bob Murray, general manager, you know mm-hmm. Murph in Anaheim. Uh, he scores the OT winner. I get undressed, showered as quick as you can. I mean, I you know I'm getting ready, all dialed up. It's pouring rain at the Garden. I work my way to the box office. Nobody there. I lap Madison Square Garden once. Maybe you know, maybe she was wandering or whatever. She didn't know where. Wandered. I don't see her. I wander again. I don't see her. I'm like, oh, gave no. me the nine of hearts. Did I'm you like, know the Rangers <laughs> I'm go, I'm go, yeah. Must have been a Ranger fan. Ranger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So down. I'm like, okay, well, now what do I do, right? So I think she kind of just gave me the nine of hearts. She blew me off. So I call her call her phone number and uh, ring, 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 ring. And all of a sudden I hear, hello? I'm like, oh, geez. Guy answering the phone. I'm like, what's going on here, She's right? Married? I go, do you know if Diana went to the hockey game? Nope, sorry. I think she went on a she she got called out on a trip, you know, because she was flight attendant. So sometimes you get called uh, last yeah. minute or whatever. So I'm like, okay. So I don't know if she ever went or anything. So long story short, we ended up hooking hooking up. But the, I guess the the moral of the story is is that the hundred and fifty five dollars that I spent that she didn't go to the game. Over the 34 years that we've known each other, it's probably cost me probably about nine and a half shamel, probably six cents. So, I mean, so You're two like, tickets at 100, hey, yeah. two yeah. tickets at 155 bucks, you know, like, uh, that's nothing, hey, right? Hey, yeah, that hey was, you yeah. propose with the ring. You're like, hey, about yeah. that 150. If you're not going to go to the game, yeah. like, tell me. Like, yeah. Yeah. Can, I get, a, can I get that 155? That's what back? every pair of yoga pants she buys now. <laughs> um, you mentioned that you don't drink much. You've only drank on two occasions. Yeah. Which occasions were those? Uh, actually, the number's gone up since the last time it's a Official. Okay. First time a seven and a half year old kid when I was sitting on my dad's lap in the suburbs of Chicago, he had a beer in his hand. You know, you just oh, yeah, yeah. spit it all over him. He didn't like it. Exactly. Nowadays, you'd be a DSS. Get uh, police getting called <laughs> yeah, and right, shit. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We had a tap in our. My dad was in the food business for fifty five years, grocery store really? business. So we had a tap in the house. Like, I mean, you know, it was it was there. I mean, if I wanted to, it was very easy. Crushing right? draft beers in your. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And then uh, second time, Biss was uh, when uh, when we won the Stanley Cup in ninety four with the Rangers uh, guys were going at it in the locker room and uh, pretty much just stopped traffic and said alright Eddie O's got to get in there and take a swig so I think it was a combination of Champagne and Budweiser I think it was it was like <laughs> going and then the third time was August the 4th of 2018 the year to the day that I got that I was diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer my oldest son Eddie got married so I had a glass of champagne at his wedding 
So those you do a speech wow. night before or anything? Uh, uh, you crushed I did, I did a par- I did a partial one. I did a partial one at the rehearsal dinner, and then uh, and then obviously on the wedding day. Yeah. Wow. So, it's, so so those are the three times official. Three times. I yeah. mean, this yeah. is like I drank well, I three times already. Like, I've had three <laughs> drinks before eleven today. Well, uh, I mean, it was a different culture back then there yeah. too, because like guys like on the road, they yeah. were it was like mandatory to show up. So yeah. were you oftentimes going out and just having a pop? Shane Doan would wouldn't yeah. drink much. Yeah. He would just come have a yeah. pop. Exactly. Yeah. That's all it was. The guys. Oh, yeah. Mike Greer. I, Mike Greer never drank, and he'd be the last guy out all the time. That's yeah. what people told me to play with him. Like he was going to make sure he's going to hang with the boys. Oh yeah. Drink that's what you do. I mean, that's look at back in the day. I mean, I'm going back to the early '80s because that's when I broke in the league. I mean, there was. I think there's still peer pressure in society. There isn't, without a doubt, especially now with social oh, media. God, yeah. But back then, it was you know. I mean, you you were. It was intimidating to not. Yeah, try to be one of the guys that. and yeah. go, hey, you know what? Like, you know, yeah. this guy or that guy or, you know. Peer pressure. Yeah. So for me, I just I just chose not to do it. But I would go out and I'd have fun and I might, you know, might have about 25 or 30 Diet Cokes or something. But, you know. Well, that's I mean, what your kid said. He yeah. said you, you averaged uh, during your <laughs> NHL career like 13 cans of Diet Coke a day. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That like was, that was I know, looking back, he yeah. probably wasn't very smart. Just, I know. I know. Yeah. But, you know, that was that was one of my uh, that was one of my vices. What's funny is you mentioned you really had a hell of an NHL career, and it's kind of come to the point now, though, where you're recognized, I'm guessing, more as yeah. the, the voice yeah. on NHL and NBC. So yeah. there's got to be times when you're like, you remind yourself or people occasionally bring up hockey playing days as opposed to working with Doc Emmerich and traveling and doing the cup finals where you're like, yeah, that feels like a long time ago, but I, I could play this game. You know what, Wit? I... Do you ever skate anymore? Uh, I do some youth hockey camps I played in the uh, alumni game there in uh, Winnipeg uh, two years ago with uh, against Edmonton which oh, was nice. great that was outdoor nice. game, which, was, which was great yeah which was awesome the so, Jets threads oh yeah the those sweet, are sick sweet sweater um, I, you know what I, I don't I don't have any desire to go and play pickup or anything like that um, but you know you're right it, it I mean look I've been retired now I'm going on 20 years now so I've been retired way longer than I ever played. But, you know, I did play 16 years in the league, and I've always been involved in the game. But, you know, whether it was from the video game or, you know, I'm, sometimes I'm walking through the airport, you know, and you guys know what it is. You're in a certain town. The video know game. You, right? And people go, I know you. I know your voice. I know, yeah. I, I go, do you like sports? Yeah, yeah, I like sports. I go, you like hockey? Nah, I hate hockey. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you know me. Then. Okay. Oh, horse racing. Yeah. <laughs> I go, uh, you never watch uh, the Triple Crown? The horse racing guy. That's <laughs> yeah, it. You're yeah. the guy. I'm like, yeah, you know. So, yeah. So, to answer your question, most people know me now as a broadcaster, not a guy that, you know, played over a 1,000 games in the league. So, what's interesting, though, is I don't know the beginning of, I think a lot of people don't, like how you got into horse racing. I'm guessing it was a part yeah. of your whole life, but yeah. not only how you got into it, but how did you become like NBC's like, hey, you're going to work for us <laughs> yeah, with this, too. I'm guessing they just saw how you good you were in the hockey Hey, you're not, you're not yeah. just a one-trick pony. Yeah. Just show them the winners, right, yeah, Ed? All right. That's, hey, that's an RA job. Hey, hey. And you're not betting on a three-legged pony, are you, over there? <laughs> oh, I don't just, uh, No comment. <laughs> well, look, as a young kid, I went to the track. Uh, I actually talk about it in the book. I, I talk about how I kind of fell in love with horse racing. And for me, it was just seeing these 1,200-pound animals run 30, 35 miles an hour and just the athleticism. And then, you know, you got these crazy humans jumping on their back, you know, yeah. at 122 pounds and, and going for a ride. And they're rock stars when you get around the track. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. In Saratoga, yeah. these guys walk around like yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they're, you know, it, it's always been a part of my life. And, 
you know, just started. I didn't have a lot of money as a kid, so you just go to the track. I was a caddy, so, you know, you make $30 a round or whatever. And then over the course of time, you just go and play and have some fun. And I just kind of fell in love with it. And you guys know what makes our game go, the game of hockey go, is the people behind the scenes, right, like the trainers. I've always told, and I think I said this in one of our meetings that we had when, when we were together in Pittsburgh, was, you know, the quickest way to really piss me off or, or – uh, get me get you on the wrong side of me is, is is to disrespect the trainer yeah like the trainer is a lifeline of a hockey player and i've always and i've, I've always i learned that i learned that as a young kid and i learned it when i got to the nhl in 84 and i've always emphasized that to my boys and anybody that i've ever come across and it's it's not much different in horse racing why i think one of the important reasons why the game is is so good and and why i'm so passionate about it is because there's so many things that happen behind the scenes that makes the game in the sport go so as a kid i would go uh handicapping you know i've owned horses over the years and then probably like 2010 so i've been a part of nbc's hockey coverage for probably four four or five years jd left jd went to become the president of the blues and then that seat opened up and i got a chance to sit next to doc and you know, I think NBC knew that I was into horses, but I don't think they really realized how much I was I'm into sure horse racing. Like, so I would always what? knock on, and you know Sam, Sam Flood, my boss, yep. he, I'd knock on Sam's door once a year and just say, hey, Sam, you know, like, if there's any opportunity to get on the Triple Crown coverage or the horse racing, just, you know. I know my shit. Just let yeah. me know. Yeah. Let me know. And Sam would be, you know, he'd, he'd be respectful, but I'd get the Heisman, and, and that happened for like for, <laughs> that happened for like five straight years. So then eventually I just said, you know, I went in there and I just kind of laid my cards on the table. We were out somewhere and I just said, you know what? I don't know if you I don't know if you know this, but I actually got my start in television and in 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 uh, radio and was in horse racing. I said back in 94 we won the cup with the Rangers. The following year there was a work stoppage. I happened to bring the Stan- not happened to bring the stuff. I brought the Stanley Cup to the Meadowlands Racetrack and to Belmont to celebrate the Stanley Cup. Oh, and I wow. brought it to the track, right? Nice. That's what I yeah, do. Yeah, right. So the people at the Meadowlands said, well, look, you guys aren't, um, you're not working. You're not playing. The season's, you know, suspended right now. Why don't you come to the racetrack? We'll pay you 800 bucks a show. And they knew it was going to give me eight hundred. I'm just going to give right it to back the teller. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. Pays for the that, that, that vicious, that's that vicious, vicious circle, right? Yeah. So, and they said, look, we want you to pick the horses for our in-house television and then do our race show after so that's how i got my introduction to tv wow, was through no horse shit. racing while i was, while was playing, still playing while that's i was still playing and sam didn't know that so that kind of got his attention ah. and uh, i got a little help from doc because doc would you know kind of put me up on a pedestal during the games and we would read the green sheets he and would say, hey. tee you up yeah you yeah. go hey what do you like, what do you like in the derby and yeah. then the one the one derby i when hit the hit top it. four finishers that was and one insane. of our camera you yeah well top ball. four what'd no. you win in that yeah yeah a couple you, couple bucks i know one of our cameraman won 25 g's because of you yeah because he bet the numbers i played and he played he invested i remember this he was like 24 dollars and he hit for twenty five thousand. you know so we're not gonna say his name so yeah no but and he got me a nice soft he got me a very queen gift certificate, by the way. Very cool. Very cool. So then eventually Sam, you know, one day Sam yeah. just picked up the phone. I was on my way to do Blackhawks uh, Blues playoff game. So I think it had to be like maybe the, the spring of 14 or whatever. And all of a sudden you see your boss calling you before the game. You're like, oh, shit, what did I say? What did I do? What did, you know? And he goes, hey, I just want to let you know um, we're not putting you on the Triple Crown this year. 
because this was April of 14. He goes, but we're going to give you a chance, and we're going to put you on your show during the summer, and then we'll, you know, I said, great. That's all I, that's all I want Short is a chance. chance. Yeah. So they send me out to San Anita in California. You like this. So I go out there. I get two races in one hour. They bring me on. I'm the handicapper. You know, you know again, here's this hockey guy talking about a horse racing, right? Everybody's like, that's, you know, I had to get over that hurdle and say, yeah. I, you know, I think I'm knowledgeable and I, this is what I do and this is one of my passions. So I get on there and the first race is a 12 horse field. So there's 12 horses in there. It's a mile race on the turf. And the name of the horse was the 10 horse. The name of the horse was She's a Smoke Show. That was the name of the horse. And I, and all I say is regular jockey gets back on. It, the horse was on the lead the last time, wants to come off the pace. Great price, 10 to 1, 12 horse field. What happens? Boom. She's a Smoke Show. She wins. My first pick, 10 to 1 oh, in a 12 horse nice. field. 10 20, to 1. Okay. 22 to Hold on. Hold on. Now, that's, that's <laughs> just the appetizer, Whit. Next race comes six horse field. Six horse field. Yeah. You got two stone cold favorites, like a four to five Ugh. and like a nine to five. What do I do? I go with the fifteen to one no, shot. It didn't Picking them up to pieces. Who wins? Here comes the fifteen to one shot. Round Boom. in the corner. Wins it on there. Two for two. Ten my to ver- one. Fifteen to yeah, one. Exactly. The on daily short, double. On a short a single, daily field, double paid too. like three hundred ninety eight dollars oh, for two bucks. Hey, so you're like, hey, uh, Sam, I got great news. I did pretty well. I appreciate it, but I'm going to need some more money because I was two for two, yeah. so my contract's changing. So that got, that, that, that got the attention of a lot of people. And look, I said, look, don't expect this all the time. Like, the, you know, this is if – if I could bat – honestly, if I could pick winners, if I can hit 28 – Twenty-seven percent. I was going to say that's two out of ten good. is like. Oh yeah, but if you get if you get three for ten, just winners, that's big time. just winners. You're like you're elite. It's like batting average in baseball. I've always kind of hundred percent. Yeah, right? that's well, if you're batting yeah. three hundred. Yeah, you're yeah you're gonna money. you're gonna get twenty two schmel. So sure. that that story about the cameraman winning. Yeah. Um, Ronick teed me up for one. He said that one time you picked like the the lowest. Is is that a different story? Yeah, uh, yeah. This is a different one. He when he was a Del- when he was there when he was at Delmar. He said it was like a forty dollar bet one or one of like five six k or something. Or something. Oh, said, him. No, I gave him the numbers or me? Let me read this fucking text. <laughs> I thought you would have known the story. No, no, no. Oh, he's no. got a million. So, yeah, yeah, I got it. So yeah. I, know, I know I've made JR some money. I know that. He's more in jack the boxes than <laughs> shot pucks, and he played a thousand he goes, games. This is what he said. Hmm, he's pretty uh, – he, oh, no, he goes, Ask him when he was feeding my hor- uh, me horses to, to bet at Delmar. Oh, at Delmar, once. right? Exactly. Okay, yeah, so- yeah. So he's at Delmar. He's there with his buddy Craig. You're not Craig even Connor. there. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm on the phone. He's going. I need some action. I need some action. And so I give him a couple of horses in one race with a horse <laughs> in a la- in another race at Delmar. And long story short, I like like an eight to one, and then it's eighteen to one in the next leg. And you know, I told him what to bet, and he bet. I don't think he invested. twenty bucks. Yeah, he invested, and what did he win? Four k. Yeah, and I, and I just well, no, I know, well, no, I mean, but I mean, if he bets two hundred, he, he walk out of there with fifty or sixty G's. I thought he was. I thought he made a score score. I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, that's bucks, that's beer money. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah. Hundred dollar bills are like ones to you. So then I just said, you know what? Just you know, usually I take forty percent, but I only take thirty <laughs> this time here. So when you first started going, did the old man start taking to the track? My dad, no, no. No, I went with an old hockey buddy. Actually, oh, uh, wow. I, I talk about this in the book as well. Uh, Tony Quillis, who was my team hockey manager for one of the teams I grew up as a kid. He was a horse player. His kid was a goalie. Uh, Mr. Quill is actually in a battle right now himself, and uh, I'm thinking about him, praying for him. But, uh, you know, that's how I went to I just went to track one day with him. Wow. And that's kind of how I fell in love. My dad, no. My okay. dad's more of a – my dad's a bowler and a golfer, oh. and that's where he would – Get his action, but my dad never never went to the track. Yeah. So what's interesting with the with the horse work and all the games NHL, NBC, also the Blackhawks games, 
you you work a lot, dude, huh? Like you are. How many days a year on the, are you on the road? Uh, Close to a hundred. Oh yeah, I mean I do a hundred and I mean if 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 we get full series in the playoffs, wit, I'm oh probably about 115 games. And you love it though. A you, year, you, yeah. you like being yeah. that busy I, and traveling. I, and I do. Yeah, that's I great. do. I mean, that's it's like this not look at. It's look. It's what we know. It's what we love. We're passionate about it. The people in the game, for the most part, for the most part, hmm. are you know incredible people. And that's and to me, that's what I love the most is running to him at, at the arena yeah. or getting a chance to run into you just by chance somewhere or you know just guys you haven't seen or just hey get a load on a league and find out what's going on. Like wow, you know you believe this. You know can you believe this guy sitting out? Can you is this team going to get you know make a trade? Is somebody going to get fired? But it's just like, you know, you, you, the camaraderie with, I think, with our guys, regardless of the era, I think is something that is so incredible. And, and I will say this is that the era that I came in, and again, early 80s, I knew who the majority of guys were that I've came before me, that, always, that came before me, right? I think there was a stretch, I don't know, for how long, but I think there was a stretch where a lot of the players that came in the league had no clue who some guys were. And you sit there and go, how? Like, I would go, how in the hell did you not know who this guy was? Mm-hmm. Like, you start rallying off guys and go, yeah, he shot left-handed or he shot right-handed. Oh, I can say or he wore an 18 or right, You know what I mean? I so, had guys who, who knew what color stick tape they were used. Every right. guy. And all of a sudden, the guy puts on, he puts a little different color in there. You're and like, you're, whoa, 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 whoa. What's whoa. Yeah, yeah, Stop yeah. the press. Stand up put white tape on it. The internet almost explodes. This reminds me, because you're talking about the tape thing, and Patrick Sharp was one of those guys. How come when How come when I'm on TV. How come you never do one of those videos and go, damn, is that Eddie Olchek a good-looking man there? God. <laughs> you saw my Sharpie video. Oh, you hey, maybe me? if I saw you uh, on TV one year out, like Sharpie looks right now, he might be, uh, Whoa, if he could second. stay that track. One years out. I don't think I, you know. I mean, oh, you're, I'm a not, you know you're a handsome bastard. <laughs> I, still, I, I think I'm still remembering you backstating. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're, you're man rocket status. Hey, don't worry about hey, that. Hey. <laughs> Maybe a little d- different demographic we're talking, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that, is yeah. that where you're going with? Yes. All right. <laughs> well, it's funny you said it. We were just told by big Brent Sopel or Duncan Keith that Big Buff, when he came in the league, he's like, who's Joe Sackick? <laughs> Some yeah. people just have no clue. It's hilarious. Yeah. But you were somebody yeah. who wasn't but you like know what? that. I think, but again, I think that's what makes our game so – I think what makes the game so great is that – the respect factor, regardless of the era, for how many games you played, what your role was, if you won, uh, where you're from. I, you know what I mean? I just think yep. there's always a connection. Yep. I think there's a respect there. And that's what I hope never goes away from our game. Because if it does, I think it loses a little bit of the uh, the varnish on what it, I think what we all we all think is what the greatest game is. Um, RA's got some interesting stuff about uh, how you, when you were coming in the league. Last horse question. Yeah, so yeah, just, yeah, yeah. This story that's been going around of, of Quinville during the playoffs, I think it was in the second round, mm-hmm. where he was late for a meeting. You know coaches always come at the same time mm-hmm. after every period. And the boys are kind of like, you know, where is he, where is he? And all of a sudden they hear this big roar of the coach's <laughs> office. I think it was a pregame meeting, though, they said. Okay, maybe. Either way, yeah. either way. E- either way, yeah. it was, they were, he was late for something. Yeah. And sure enough, he, he bet a horse and won a big, I think yeah. he won like 50K or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. 
Did you know the story, and did you I, have any? I, I did. I I had known that he had had a good score, but I didn't know any of the like where he was or anything. You know, I knew that they were at the rink, but I didn't know the whole scenario. But yeah, I mean, Joel is a. Uh, when I hit my big, Joel's a big horse player. When I hit my big score, I invested real quick. Black in I was probably going on eleven or twelve years now. I invested one hundred sixty-eight dollars in a pick six out at Hollywood Park, over across from the old Forum. The old L.A. Forum. Hollywood Park. Wow. And uh, I played it on uh, Express Bet, which is how I play my play my horses. And I invested $168, and they had a million five carryover. And I invested 168 bucks, and uh, I was alive in the last race to seven of the ten horses. And the, and the payouts for the seven of the ten horses that I had were anywhere between 55000 and a million five. So as long as one of those other two two Don't horses win. that I had eight or nine the three horses that I didn't have didn't win, I was going to cash for either for 168 bucks. It was either going to be for fifty five thousand or a million five. So this is late at night. You know, it's like ten fifteen in California, twelve fifteen in Chicago. We're watching the races. So I knew Joel, and I saw I dialed Joel up, and he was in, out in the East Coast. That's where he is in the summertime. And uh, I pick up, I call him, and then one ring, and he picks up the phone. He goes. Are you alive? Are you alive in the <laughs> pick six? Oh yeah, he was watching. He goes, "You wouldn't be calling me unless you're alive." I'm like, this "Yeah." And he goes, "Oh my, this is like, oh, I've never. This is incredible." So he goes, "The ten's gonna win. Ten's gonna win." It was a half. It was a half. No, no, it was a half a schmell. And he goes, "The ten's gonna win." I'm gonna go. Oh my god, ten! And sure enough, now what made it interesting is when they were turning for home, they were probably a quarter, eh, three eighths of a mile from the finish line. The, the third, the third, fourth, and fifth horses were all the ones that were paying a million five. Like so, they. I mean, I, you know, you I had a thrill. Hitters. You know, I had a thrill. And then here come who comes circling on the outside, but the ten horse and the ten horse hit. So I for for one hundred sixty eight bucks, um, I got back a half a schmill, and I got oh we can, my and I, I, God. Fist, what a fist, hit! Fist, I got I got smart. even. I got even. Yeah, yeah you're uh, still down. <laughs> you're still down. <laughs> that's how I don't gamble. Unreal. Yeah, I don't. I just pick winners. That's yeah, all. I don't really put right. my money in. There's no, so much no, a yeah, yeah, Seriously, we've we been talking for half hour. We haven't even mentioned his unreal career yet. Now you got p- taken third overall, like Wood said. Hometown yeah. kid, Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Like, a how much of a thrill is that? And I just I did write this question down earlier, so pardon the phrase, but did were you shitting your pants a little bit? Like, okay, now I'm the man here, in my own town. Like, what was that? What was that? He already like? was the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because it never had happened before, um, where a hometown, oh. a hometown kid had yeah. been drafted in the first round and been, been the first pick of you know for his team and an American-born kid. American, so yeah. I mean, yeah, that I mean there was a lot of pressure that way. And look, I, we all have favorite teams when we were growing up and have the opportunity to play for them. And for me, it was the Blackhawks, and I got that chance as an 18-year-old kid. And um, there was a lot of I mean, I, I probably put more pressure on myself playing at home than I did anywhere else. Yeah. Because my first year, I had a good year, had 50 points. We went to the conference finals against Edmonton. Unfortunately, that was when Edmonton was oh, in their heyday. If, if they gave up six, uh, that would be okay because they would get nine. Yeah, like, you know, they, they just that's the way they played. And they had Grant Fuhr in goal, who yeah. you know, was arguably is one of the good, best goaltenders we've had in the league in the last 50 years. So my first year, we went to the conference finals. We, got to, we lost four games to two to Edmonton. Then my second year, I had 79 points. I played with Troy Murray and Kurt Frazier on a line. Kurt Fre- uh, Troy Murray won the Selkie Trophy at 99 points that year. Wow. And then my third year started off awful. Uh, unfortunately, I had a, a friend taken from us at a uh, at a uh, apartment building in Arizona, um, and he lost his life. And I, I d- first time I really ever had to – I shouldn't say had to. First time I ever went to a service 
be a pallbearer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just yeah. wasn't in a good place, it's, it's, it's you know. Trauma. And, and it's, it's it, it was, and, and I'm not. It's the only thing I could look back on and go, I had such a bad year. Yeah, this is the third year, correct? It's my third yeah. year, which is also like I don't know if it had anything to do with this. You had that was the highest uh, pims you had in your career. I know. Like, you were probably pissed yeah. off. Yeah. It was just a weird. It, it was, time. and the fans were getting on me, and I was frustrated. The team wasn't winning, and it's just again, yep. you're just trying so hard because you don't want to let anybody down in your hometown. So right, I felt right. every night that I had thirty six thousand eyeballs on right. me, Seriously. you know, watching me, and, and and look, it was a bad year. And then the Hawks decided to make a big trade. We made a big trade with Toronto. So myself and Al Secord wow. went to Toronto for Rick Vive, Steve Thomas, and Bob McGill. Vive was the captain of the Maple Leafs. Al Secord had scored fifty goals, yeah. and you know, and I was you know just only in my third year. But then the next year, I went to Toronto and 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 had my best year goal scoring wise. I said forty two goals in my in my fourth good? year, <laughs> showing up to Toronto and doing that. That's so right. you know what? Impressive. I felt like there was less pressure playing in Toronto. Yeah, I, I did. Right. I, I did. I did. Yep. So, which but is it was nu- which is nuts. I to would say. not trade it. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, especially today, maybe a little different. But go, looking back, I would not trade anything. I mean, I played my first game as a Blackhawk. I played my thousandth game as a Blackhawk because I came back the second time. Right, right. And then I played my eventually my last game with a lot of games in between. But um, that that third year was rough, and then I was able to bounce back, and then I kind of, my career really took off in uh, starting from my fourth year. I got to hear about uh, this dream you had before your first uh, game <laughs> with the Blackhawks. <laughs> you had a dream. I had this – look at we all dreamed about playing in the show, and you know, you just like you know, I sing. couldn't get my equipment on my dream. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's that it. Look, look at that. I and, couldn't skate. Oh no, that was yeah. that was real life. <laughs> That's another dream. <laughs> I, I look at. I, I would wake up in a cold sweat where I'd be late waking up from my nap, stuck in traffic. I couldn't get into the rink. They wouldn't let me in to parking lot. They wouldn't let me in the rink because he Eddie Olchek was already at the rink, and you know, and I've had the hundred times, hundreds of times. So, you know, I thought, you know, I thought the trainers, you know, the guys in the room, you know, you tell them something, you know, everything's confidential, it stays in the room, you know, it's like Vegas, right? What happens there, you know? So I tell our trainer Skip there in my rookie year, I tell him this during training camp. I said, hey Skip, you know, I said. I just had this dream last night. He goes, what, what is it, kid? Now, if you, if you never saw met Skip, Skip was with the Penguins for a long mm-hmm. time, too. Skip's a big guy. He's probably 5'11", 2012, like a huge guy. I mean, a great guy, right? So I, he goes, what's, what's the dream, kid? So I tell him, I said, I wake up in a panic for my first game. I'm late. I'm stuck in traffic. I try to get into the parking lot. The parking lot attendant won't let me in. The security guard won't let me in to get in. They say Eddie Olchek's already here. I'm all nervous. He goes, ah, kid, don't worry about it. Dreams don't come true or whatever. I'm like, okay. So sure enough, I'm getting ready to play my first game in the NHL, October of 84. I'm living at home, right? I'm living at home my first couple That's years incredible. in the show. Oh. <laughs> I'm driving to the rank traffic. You, but I mean, you know, traffic, you know, it's fine. As I'm getting a little closer to the old Chicago Stadium, traffic starts getting a little heavier. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, you know, I, wow, man, I remember I dreamed this. You know, like there's bad oh. traffic, you know? And then all of a sudden, I pull into the rink, and then the guy goes, you know, he tells me, you know, I like wave because I've seen this guy 15 times since training camp started. <laughs> He says, roll down your window. I'm like, Eddie, yeah, I got to go, buddy. He goes, who are you? I go, um, I'm Eddie Olchek. He goes, no, he's already here. I went. <laughs> what the fuck? So now I'm starting to get all these wheels. I'm like, I dreamt this. Is this oh. guy going to tell me that I can't park here? He goes, you can't park here. I went, whoa. No. 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 And I'm like. Inception. Like, oh, shit. So I'm like, uh, come on, seriously. He goes, no, I'm sorry. I'm going, well, at least can I park here and try to, you know, yeah, go ahead. So he lets me in. 
So then I go walk in. It was gate three and a half. It was gate, just a private gate for the players and security. So I walk in there, and the guy's in there, and Spider's in there, the guy that run the door. And uh, his last name was Webb, so that's why we call him Spider. So Spider Webb. So Spider goes, can I help you? I go, hey, Spider. He goes, who are you? I go, you now I'm like, I'm sweating. I'm pitting out now. And now I'm looking at the client. I don't have a watch. But I'm, like, I'm like, I'm late now. Now I'm late because yeah, I'm this delayed is 15 minutes. And he goes, give me some ID. He goes, Eddie Olchek's cruel. here already. I'm going, no, call down to the room. I'm telling you, I'm, whoever's here is, and I'm, now I'm so flustered. they're playing this right now. Oh, right, yeah, right. I have no clue. No clue. That's why I love the trainer this so much. Un- this is cruel. At this time, I mean, I'm thinking about one thing, not being late for the meeting. Playing and, in the and show. And his dream has come true. And then finally he goes, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they said to go. So like now I'm sprinting. And I get to the stairs and I start walking down and I'm shaking my head and I'm like, I'm flustered. Rattled. I'm walking. I walk around the corner. I'm going by the training room. I look in there and I said, hey, Skip. And then as I'm walking by him, I hear, he goes, hey, kid. And I kind of back up a second and he goes, did you have any problem getting in the ring tonight? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you. oh, Skippy. Just Skippy. So I didn't share too much more with Skippy. How you were you that night? What do you mean? Come on. Scored a goal in my first game, Biss. <laughs> Come you. on. Right. Thank you. Seventh Walk. goal and a 7-3 win. Not hey, bad, I, huh? Hey, I don't bring up the stats. I bring up the dreams. <laughs> All right, baby? Yeah, Biss ain't the stat guy. I want to yeah. go back to when you broke in. You actually broke in with a guy I grew up on the same street as, Jackie O'Callaghan. Yeah. You guys were basically the only American regulars on that roster, and there weren't yeah. a lot of Americans in the league back yeah. then. Did you guys kind of bond over that at yeah, all? Yeah, Jack like, took care of me because he was an Olympian, obviously, in yep. the 1980 team, as oh, you yeah. know. Our, just he, I mean, they opened up the door for us, right? Yeah. They, they did for for... They opened up the door for people in the NHL saying, hey, you know what? Down there, they got some pretty good hockey players, and that team opened up the doors by winning the gold medal. Absolutely. And, and Jack took me under his wing. He's always been a terrific guy. And, um, you know, we, yeah, I think that there was that. Um, you know, I think you gravitate to guys, and I'm sure you guys had it, you know, certain guys kind of going out of their way and, and just making you feel comfortable and – and, you know, a guy like Jack O'Callaghan, Troy Murray was one of those guys for me. I mean, when I came in, I mean, we, you know, we had, we had some incredible veteran guys. I mean, you had Dennis Savard, Steve Larmer, Troy Murray, Doug Wilson, uh, Ben Wilson, Al Secord. I mean, we talking about toughness. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, like we could play any way you wanted. Like I said, we, just unfortunately for us, Edmonton was in their heyday. But, but Jack was, uh, you know a great guy and, and somebody that I could lean on or somebody that, you know, would, would look after me at being, you know, a young 18-year-old kid in the league. What was the anti-American sentiments like in the league back then? Because, like I said, there weren't very many. Did, did the guys, did the Canadians give you shit all the time? No, not really. No, 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 no. No, there weren't that many players. Like no, they, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it, it was, I felt it more when I left home when I was 15 to go up to play in junior B in Stratford, Ontario. Okay. It was I mean, I went up there with two other buddies of mine and, uh, and we went up there and played in Stratford, played junior B hockey. And, I mean, that's where it was kind of more uh, more every day, you know, mm-hmm. the ugly American or however you want to put You're it. You fighting I mean, a little bit, had yeah, to fight a little bit yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, was, yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I mean, but it's just, You're you know, it. just more people, you know, barking at you and stuff. But it, it really wasn't, you know, it, was, it wasn't that bad. Well, who's um, your first NHL scrap with? You know what? Somebody asked me that the other day, and I can't remember. I, I remember having a couple scraps with Lee Norwood. Who's a pretty tough defenseman, yeah. and it is fact because we know what's on that World Wide Web thing. That's everything <laughs> oh, on there is true. Are, everything I thought, is I read true it on the internet, right? It must be you know, because Dickie Dunn wrote it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> oh, nice. A five-minute fight. It's in there. Probert, 
Olchek. Five minutes for fighting. Now, I did a lot of receiving because <laughs> if, you go, if you go, well, yeah. I, I, it's on the internet. I didn't fight him. I just happened to be the, I happened to be the first guy around there that had to get in there. And Mickey Redman, one of the great Red Wings of all time, does a great job there in, on, uh, in Fox Sports Detroit doing color on TV. You can hear Mickey in the background sitting there. Oh, what is he doing? He doesn't want any of that. I go, yeah, I didn't want any of that. I'm skating up the ice. Plays up here. You got everybody up in front. All of a sudden, the crowd's going crazy. I'm like, well, the puck's here. There's nothing going on. I look back. There's Proby feeding Kenny Reggett, our goalie. No. And I'm like, huh, I'm looking around. Like, oh, that's I, a legendary clip. Yeah, like I've seen that you're before. Like, change. Right? Change. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I have change. to go over there. Yeah, right I now. go, okay. So yeah. I get in there, and I'm, you know, you, yeah, what do you do? I end up playing with Proby, God rest his soul, at the end of his career, but and the end of my career. But just one of those where you just kind of, you know, you get in there and just get them off the goalie, right? And you're hoping Save that everybody else comes there. So, But Mickey says, Olchik, what is he doing? I give him a lot of credit, but he doesn't want any of that. Yeah, you're right. I don't want any of that. I want to be around for the next couple of years. I want to continue to play this sport. Uh, another one your kid teed me up for was the, the prank that you pulled with the, the car and the dealership car. for You guys went on a two-week road trip. With yeah, we were, playing, it, we were playing in Winnipeg. <laughs> and uh, somebody bought a uh bought a nice pickup truck and somehow we got the keys was it mike richter some is no no no. huh was it beezer or richter no 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 this is this is winnipeg oh yeah oh there's a couple of car stories yeah yeah the other one there with the sewn up fish in the bottom of it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i wasn't a part of that (laughs) wow you still won't admit it okay no no don't look at me he's like flurry never him don't look at me i don't know all right we just happened to put a for sale sign in somebody's pickup truck there and we put the house number on there (laughs) you know back then there were no cell phones i mean yeah right i mean if you were maxwell smart you picked took off your shoe and you (laughs) talked to the body yeah right yeah who's that right yeah. Look it up. All right, Look it up on the that, internet. That. Ask a millennial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we put the and the wife eventually like you know and the guy didn't check, the, the guy didn't check in his wife with the wife for a couple of days. He goes, did, did you put your car for? Did you put your pickup truck? You just for, bought that thing. He's got like eighty calls. <laughs> best offer. You know, best offer. Yeah, four hundred dollars Canadian. Four hundred Canadian. It was a nice pickup truck. Dean Kenny was a oh he's a great God. guy, but I mean, he tried to sell that thing for. <laughs> you guys were. Clowns back then. I, I feel like there's not a lot of pranks going on anymore around the league. Back then, it was like you did it to. Are they have, do you guys have fun now? Not as no. much, from what I'm yeah, told. They probably lock, it's lock each like, other out of video I've been games. Out of the league, five yeah, right, years, exactly. pretty much yeah. five, six. Yeah. It feels like it. I feel it feels like I've been out of the league for forty years, yeah. I, and I don't. I don't know if the change from five years ago to now is more than say five years after you retired maybe it always is the same it's that much different yeah. but I don't know the guys we talk to just with how young it is and the lack of joking around a lot well you times. know can I, can I I'll say this is that and I think a, a big reason for that I think is for the most part when you go on the road most guys have their own room now yeah that's definitely I mean, look, like, look at look at when you got roomies you're, you're always there's always something going on right there's a story from one room at least every every morning 100 percent. you know guys i mean I, I used to room with mark osborne i played on three different teams with mark osborne and uh and and we i mean 
We would have wrestling matches. We would, you know, I mean, he would, uh, he, 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 uh, he's a like born, we, he's a born again Christian. He would be reading the Bible in one bed and I would have the racing form in the other. So we had everything covered. When we flew, we sat in the exit row. I figured I better sit next to him. I got a yeah, good right. shot. Yeah. I got a good shot. We were flying Scare Ontario with the Maple Leafs. I said, I'm sitting next to Ozzy. He's got the Bible out. I got the, I got the yeah, horse racing the Bible yep. out, right? Yeah. Your I, like, Bible, I like the seven. Yeah. yeah. yeah right? But Genesis I think, I, scripture. I think. I think that that's I, I believe that I believe with guys being On their having own. their own room more. You know what I mean? Yeah, and look, at, I, I know I know what happens because I hear. But when guys are on the bus now, everybody's yeah. down. Like there's nobody. Like I, again, I don't care. I would make the rule when the bus when the wheels are in motion, phones are off. Now, unless there's an emergency or whatever, they got the traveling secretary. Then he can come back and say, "Hey, Edzo, you got to you got to take this call, okay? Right? Yeah, I the shit, the, the, but, exactly. I know, yeah. Look at whether it's the game or whether it's what happened last night or you know the coach is going on the road, whatever you know, whatever it is. I, I just you know what I mean. Like that's yes. that's those are where I miss those times more than anything on the bus in the locker room. But now everybody's I doing mean, this. Maybe yeah. it's not the game. It's more of social. It's more phones have changed sure. everything. Sure. Not sure. just technology. Talk, but there yeah. is one common theme in, in, in probably the last ten years. Every winning team were so close and. I know alcohol is probably not a big part of the game or as much as it used right. to be, but like St. Louis was getting after it. Washington. Well, they have nights where they, they have nights where what you're saying is you create memories and stories that you're laughing about later on. Yeah, that's what happens when you all get together for. A now, team but, party. but too though, and, and to to kind of what you're talking about, Biss, is that now it's you get in, you go for dinner, you go to the hotel, you go to your skate, you go play your game, and you leave. Like very rarely, you know, you're not you're on the, you're not staying on the road. Like you're not on the road as much, right? You're not going out and say, "Hey guys, everybody's meeting at wherever at six o'clock. We're going to go out and have a good time." Or after the game, we're all going to go out, you know, right? I mean that those no. that's not happening. So so those times aren't as maybe opportunistic because of the scheduling and everything, right? And look, I get it. It's much different to be an athlete today than it was, I know, in my era, 100%. Even in your guys' era, it's changed a lot, like you said. I think the quality of play in regular season has gotten better. You know? But just everything. Everything that goes with it. Because everybody's, for the most part, everybody is focused on one thing and in playing and and not worrying about anything else because back in the day everybody was doing you the can same say thing. that so it's everybody a, said, hey it's the way it is hey, bobby <laughs> you can say that they're focused on girls <laughs> in, in, in winnipeg in winnipeg you got to uh spend some time with a very young big walt what yeah. kind of savage oh, was he man. like as a rookie did you know and, that i gave big walt his nickname oh you did did I you know that? that shit i, had no, I didn't know yeah, that okay. big walt he came in and of course being a hockey fan being a hockey fan no being a hockey fan my whole life i was like Keith Kachuk. I'm like, Kachuk. Walt Kachuk. I'm like, the guy that played for the Rangers all those years. I'm like, big left-handed guy, a bull in a china shop type of guy. I'm like... Known former players, like you're saying. So all of a sudden, here comes, I go... Hey, how you doing, Walt? He goes, Walt. My name's Keith. I go, no, no, you're Walt now from now on, right? <laughs> I'm the captain. Then he, became, then awesome. he became Big Walt. Oh yeah, and, oh, yeah. and that's uh-huh. it. The, re- the rest he, is history. So he's pretty Big he Walt. He came right in. Now. I think his first game, if I'm not mistaken, came from the Olympic team. Yep. And if I'm not mistaken, he had a he had a problem with his left hand. He had tape on it. He had to wear this tape or whatever. And like maybe I don't know, maybe eight shifts in. Him and Scott Mellenby went at it. Ooh, you know, Mel was tough a big boy, heavy yeah. boy, could get his, find his way around the dance floor. And Wall was like, "Okay, that's it. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna do it my first game." And 
and man, it, it was a he- that was a heavyweight heavyweight fight. I yeah. mean, it was good, but I mean, there was a guy that I mean, he could play any way you wanted. He do it all. He yeah. had he had he had attitude. Uh, I saw him as a young guy coming in and uh, very uh, very raw. Um, loved. Loved everything about being a hockey player. Yeah, that's probably the best way to describe yeah, Big Walt. Yeah. And look at I me. Mean, I love being around the boys. Look, yeah. Yeah. Hey, talk about trainers. That guy treated them like gold. Yeah, well, I, I would, I would hope. Yeah, I would hope, him. I would yeah. hope that him, he caught and t- was taught a little bit by yeah. yours. Truly. I was pumping your tires. Yeah, yeah, oh, Jesus Christ! Nice right? well, <laughs> the blue collar background too. His hey. old man in Boston Fire for years. Yeah, too, right. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at look at. I mean, look at the bloodlines now. Yeah, with Brady and Matthew. Yeah, right? you, you had a young donor too, huh? You I had a young a Shane Doan. Hey, donor. Shane, Shane Doan said you were a little hard on. You, were you hard on the rookies? Old school. Um, I think you. I think, I think, said I, helped think I think I. I think I was. I think I was hard on them, but they would always be asked to come over for dinner, spend time at the house. You know what I mean? Actions. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, because sometimes it's like you know okay, around work is, you were hard on them, but like well, yeah, oh, yeah. No, for sure, right? But you always you look know? out for them. You're not. It's not. It was it, for me. Up. Never personal. Exactly. Ever. Ever. Because I know how I was treated. Because sometimes, look at again, errors change. When I came in the league, shut up, be Ed, seen <laughs> and not heard. Yeah, mouth shut. Head right, out. last in line at the food. Now they're getting the best contracts. Right, exactly. Now they're getting the best contracts, and they're weeding yeah. the, the old guys out. Hey, that's that's kind of the reality of it. Just over time, but you know, I would like to think that those young guys um, knew. That I had their best interest and in, yeah, maybe hard on in practice, maybe saying, "Hey, you know what? Pick up your shit." Trainer's not there to do that, you know. It's just you little things like that, that and go, you. "Hey, get here, get get." I don't want to see you getting on the bus at two minutes to nine when the bus is rolling. You should be here at the grab the stick bag, like some of that stuff, because that's what I mean. That's what I did. Yeah, that's what you had to do, right? Yeah. You were taught. Like, did, did you have any more hockey questions? All right. Um, I know we got to just close. I know we got. Yeah, to I think we got to wrap. Actually, it up. Actually, I want to ask, which your favorite uh, horse track? Which 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 one? Oh, yeah, like is it Saratoga? Which one is it? Oh, I know it's that's, only open a month. Tough. That's a tough that's one. Tough. Um, if you're telling me I only can go and uh, one and, more day at the track, and, uh, one more day. Where are you huh? going? I'm, pr- I'm probably going to Santa Anita. Where's oh, that? Huh? Arcadia. California. Yeah, yeah. Real nice out there. It's cool. That's where the Breeders' Cup is next week. Austin, Massachusetts. What's the biggest one? It's like all millionaires in Miami or something. Huge races. Am I, is that out in California? No, then? no. The, no. That, that one's at Pegasus oh. down at Gulfstream Park. Yeah, the when Pegasus, is that? Yeah, that's in uh, January. That's it's all-star, huge, right? It's All-Star Day, yeah. You, oh, okay. So you buy into the race. you got to buy in a slot into the race. Yes, yes, That's yes, what it yes, is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you got to have a schmill to get in. Whether you have a horse or not, you got to have a schmill just to have a spot. Can I get one more in? Yeah. This will be the last. One, yeah. maybe, or if you want one, follow I, up. I, yeah, I just want one more after. Well, I can ask it now. Who, who do you like in the breeders? Do we get a winner yet? Okay, my old man. You want it? Now. Oh, right now. Shit. Yeah, yeah. my old man. I gotta okay. text him out there now. This is gonna make the owner of the Florida Panthers, Vinny Viola, extremely happy. We've seen him before. He's a horse derby. guy. At He's a derby. horse guy. He owns the Panthers. As I believe that Vinny Viola and Mike Rapoli, the owners of Vino Rosso. Okay. We'll win, the like Breeder, we'll win the Breeders' Cup Classic. Straight from Edzo. All right. You know, send it to my old man he's out there. Proven, he's proven on the track, Santa Anita. He come off a race where he got disqualified for bumping into Code of Honor. I thought it was a fair disqualification. Oh, shit. And now he's going back out to California. I think it's a wide-open race. I think, if you, I think he's going to be somewhere between 
I think he'd be somewhere between four and five to one. Okay. So if you, if you bet 100, you or got a 20 chance. if you're JR. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that no. made 700 million no, guys, in his money, life. And he'll bet, he'll bet 20 on every so single if you, ball bet, he if you bet 100, ball. you're going to get back probably five plus on your investment. So, oh, yeah. math guy. We got a new hey, math guy on the hey, podcast. Hey, what's, what's, what's wrong with. Five to one on your money in a matter of uh, two minutes and four seconds. No, I'll right? take that anytime. Yeah, exactly. I thought, usually I'm nine, mine Enzo, is five to one. Enzo, since you're the math guy, quick math question. What's Uh-oh. 40 plus 14? 40 plus 14? It's 54. All right, that's all I want yeah, to exactly. know. Yeah, exactly. Now, this is going to be the last question I ask you, and it's time about when you got... <laughs> Wit, Wit was having a hard time figuring that one out uh, a couple episodes no, ago. No, no. These guys don't know what I'm fucking with. You always got to keep them guessing. You're always twisting. We'll go with that. You're always twisting. Always got to keep them guessing. Can you talk about the time you got ejected from the stands at one of uh, oh, the... Who is, who is feeding <laughs> you oh, this yeah. information, Ben? I'm a rat. All right, so I'm playing in Pittsburgh. Wasn't going well. Kevin Constantine was riding me like, you know what? And we played a game the night before. Eddie and Tommy, my my oldest boys, but you know at that time they were like seven and six respectively. So I'm going back. This is like 96, 97 in the Berg. I'm at the Mount Lebanon Ice Arena. <laughs> They're playing. It's like 6.40 in the morning. Yep, Sunday. Tommy's out there playing a game, and there's two officials out there. And, you know, Mike game, whatever. And the referees are calling offsides like it's, you know, you know. By the inch. Oh, yeah. Right, they, right, exactly. So they're going, intentional offside all the way down. I'm like, <laughs> well, you're like buddy. Intentional offside? These kids don't even know what way they put their underwear on. And you're sitting there ripping these kids. So I'm like, now I'm getting a little, like, now I'm starting to get a little angry. So sure enough, it happens again. So I, I yell, come on, ref. What do you think this is, the NHL? All of a sudden I hear, I turn and like my son uh, Eddie is there, my oldest one, and all of a sudden to hear, you out. I'm like, what? He goes, you out. I'm like, fuck this. I ain't going anywhere. So Come on, here, kick me out. Oh, here comes the ma- team manager, Kathy Galloway, the Mount Lebanon Hornet Mike team. She goes, uh, Mr. Olchek, uh, <laughs> they won't start the game until you leave. I'm like, really? She goes, yeah. So I had to I had to get up, and before I get up, my son Eddie goes like this, and my son Tommy's out there. He goes like this. He goes, "Hey, Dad." I go, "Yeah, Eddie." What he goes, "Are you going to tell Mom?" <laughs> You're like, "No, and you better not yeah. either." So I had to go stand in a corner at the Mount Lemon and Ice Cream until the game was over. And I mean, do I want to say that's the last time I ever yelled at a referee? Never. Yeah, yeah, that that right. yeah. The guy, answer is no. That guy's more sensitive than me. For oh my that gosh! For that. I mean, I was just like seriously, but you know what? There's a first for everything, right? Yeah. Right? So, yeah. It's the only time. It's the only time I ever oh, got yeah. thrown out of the rink. <laughs> we could have done, we could Seriously. do this. We, hopefully we can do it again at some point because there's so much more. Well, I told him he has to come back. You're, after you're, the, you're, you're really the guy strapped. we could talk about anything with. Seriously. So thank you so much for coming on. Hey. It's great to see you. It's great to great see you. And lastly, we need Thanks. to plug the book right. one last yeah. time. Yeah. 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 I, got it right. I got beating, it right here. Beating the odds in hockey and in life. A uh, little bit more love we're looking for. That's it. Laugh, that. a, laugh a little and love a little bit more. So that's the goal. And so. get checked to it. I think a lot of guys out there, sometimes the tough guys about it, they don't want to get checked. Well, you know what? Look at that, that's the That's the key is look at Don't put it off. I mean, since I got sick, while I was sick, the, the recommended age for uh, colonoscopy was 50. Yeah. Since I got sick, they've lowered the age to 45. Yep. I encourage anybody I, out yep. there. I just, five got, year difference. I just got my the numbers first are way one, up. Yeah. Wit. I mean, yeah. it's, it's scary when you look at the numbers. So please don't put it off. If you're not feeling well, it's okay to yeah. call, raise your hand, call a doctor, say, "Look, I want to get screened or whatever it is. I don't. It doesn't have to be colon cancer. It can be anything. If you're not feeling good, 
Uh, just make sure you uh, you get checked out, and uh, if like I said, if we can help one person or keep them away from it or her, uh, then it was well worth the uh, absolutely the opportunity. Well said, Ed. Well said. Of love Edzo. We love you, and I know right, our guys, fans are going to love nice this. Work. Hey, cut those uh, cut those sources cut off those too, would you? Would you please? <laughs> Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Thank you very much. Edzo, Eddie Olchuk, I still cannot believe I didn't bet that friggin' horse right after he said it. I think you heard, winner, you heard me. Come on, I'm taking that. So he called it. Hope all you guys got a winner there. Um, not that you would have known he said it because we just released it and the race happened about five weeks ago. But thank you very much, Tim, my first pro coach. I'll never forget him. Biz, what do you got on Mike Babcock? Did he just get a huge uh, 700th victory you mentioned? Mike Babcock, 700 wins. And I know – you know, we're like, we have stories on our podcast that rip him a little bit about doing some mean things. Maybe at least we think, right. We think we, we assume that they're all premeditated. Okay. We don't know that. Okay. I'd love to get him on some time to talk about them. I don't know if he would, but I was at the Leafs game. I did a content piece recently. I talked about, I won't divulge too much information because it is coming out next week, but he took some time out of his schedule after the game to come say hello to someone that I asked him to. And, well, I didn't really ask him to, but he didn't need to do it. And he knew that, like, hey, this guy's here for this reason because a bunch of the other guys had came out. But he, he talked to him, and he, and he gave him, like, a decent amount of time. So I know he gets ripped on a lot, but he did a nice thing. And, and if, if we're going to shit on him about some stories, we got to acknowledge when he's being a good guy. No, we don't really shit on him. Other players did. And also other players have said nice things about him, too. I think we got, we've gotten a nice balance over the years. Maybe a little tilted the other way when Connie <laughs> yeah. comes on. Yeah, but maybe a bit. At the same time. Also, we got, we're in Philly, like Grinelli said at the top of the episode. We're leaving, I believe, Tuesday and Thursday night at Fine Wine and Good Spirits on 180 West Gerard Ave in Philly. Uh, we're going to be there for our Pink Whitney meet and greet from 5 to 7. Come by, meet the Spit and Chicklets crew, grab a bottle of Pink Whitney. If you want us to put our John Henry's on it, we'll do that as well. But looking forward to that. Once again, Thursday, November 14th, 5 to 7 at Fine, Fine Wine and Good Spirits on 180 West Gerard Avenue, Philly, Pennsylvania. Speaking of Pennsylvania, let's go across the state for a nice story. Sid the Kid, what a guy, man. We know that already. He had his All-Star Game MVP car last year. Well, he decided to donate it to a local veteran. Um, veterans Day, of course, is Monday, so the Penguins had a bunch of veterans come into the locker room. And Sid led uh, 28-year-old Madeline Malizio. Uh, she's an Army specialist for the past five years. He's, she's currently in school for legal studies. He kind of walked into a garage. She didn't really know what was going on. Pops open the garage, and there's his all-star game car from last year. I think it was a Honda of some sort. He says, it's all yours, and she had her three-year-old son with them. I mean, it just changes this woman's life. She doesn't have a car. Sid comes in. He doesn't need it. He didn't give it to his buddies or a relative. He gave it to a total stranger, you know, to thank her for what she does. And it just, uh, I mean, you, we always love the guy on the show anyways. You can't knock him. But what, what more can we say about the guy, right? Oh, it's incredible. And then after, I guess, you know, once the cameras were off, Sid grabbed her by the side and said, hey, listen, the lease is 700 a month. Just send me 350 <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, no, that's good humor. He, uh, yeah, he's the best. We've, we've said it before. So that was awesome. It was cool. 
cool picture I saw of, of him handing it over to her. An awesome move. I mean, well, what's that thing been doing since he won? We were, we were at that game. Hey, it's got it's got twenty thousand miles on it because he's been. He let us drive it home back east. Hey, hey, he drove it one day and he scored and he's been on this point streak, so he's like, I can't not drive it. So it's got it's. He's like, hey, twenty thousand clicks, but you know, still basically new. He lets Nate Dog follow him around with it on Halifax. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Nate, yeah, Nate Dog buys the exact same one. Uh, Nate um, Dog, next week, Nate's gonna give that car to an Avs fan. Same exact whip. Oh, man. Yeah, Sid, he got wind of the story, and I heard she didn't have a car, and he took care of it. So kudos to Sid once again. That's a great gesture. Uh, Grinelli, we did a little cattle call for some mailbag. We haven't done that for a little while. Did we get anything worth using? I know sometimes we get some tough entries, but what do we got? Hey, going back to Sid, too, and, like, it's such a nice gesture. I'm really going to feel bad when we fucking bend him over on that golf course again in Halifax (laughs) next summer. Like, it's things like that where I'm like, fuck, like, all right, maybe I am a 16. I want to see oh, more so, Halifax. So sorry, Sid and Nate. I mean, I'm not going to let up on you because you're doing nice shit in the community. But it's still a very nice gesture. All right. G, we good? All right, guys, for the mailbag, um, we'll start off with R.A. R.A., uh, what is the bet you most regret in your entire life? Uh, it's about a 5,000-way tie for first. <laughs> um, I don't – I mean – it's not one I've, you know, I mean, any bet over fucking $5,000 I lost, I suppose I regret. I've had a handful of those, um, but there's not one particular bet. Like I say, oh man, that's, that's the one that killed me. There's just a shitload of them over the years. So you don't have an answer? No. Well, my answer, yeah, it's a, it, I mean, it's there's too many to count. I mean, I've literally lost $10,000 bets over the years. So I, but it's been so long and I've done it a few times, I guess, like in the four or five way tie, the times I lost 10 grand, but it happened too many times over too many years for me to remember exactly who the game was. So, um, and all these questions are from email JJWW. And he let off by asking if I've ever used anything above a 65 flex stick. So that was a good chirp. I gotta, I gotta give it to him there. Yeah. You uh, do have small wrists. I do. Uh, Biz, your question. Uh, your biggest celebrity crush? Oh, yeah, physical crush st- or like emotional crush? <laughs> <laughs> like who I've crushed or like who I'm gonna crush? <laughs> JJ, uh, what? So I, I was a huge Scarlett Johansson fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, all right. Jesus, Get your right. hand out of your pants. Holy <laughs> fuck, caveman. Just um, pants. <laughs> God, I just, I don't know, man. Like every day I flick on Instagram, I'm just like, I want to crush that. I want to crush <laughs> that. I mean, uh, right now, just based on like talent in, 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 you know, cause that matters. Like she gets stick handle. I mean, she needs I at least know. two Academy Award nominations. I, I, I would probably put Margot Robbie up there just yeah. because Wolf of Wall Street, Margot Robbie oh, was, God. that was good. Yeah, that was really nice. That was like porn without the actual sex in it. Like, like I can't remember watching something where a woman was closed and and kind of getting a boner. Like I can't remember the last time she was like before her. She was definitely the last. Like that movie when the scene when like when he like when she's like crawling up or whatever or is he crawling up? He's in, crawling in the, yeah. in the in the baby room and he's just yeah. he wants to just muck yeah, her in. The night before he like flew a helicopter into his backyard. Yeah. <laughs> What's the, what's the guy's name in the movie? Jordan Belfort. Jordan, yeah, Jordan Belfort. But uh, yeah, that scene, like fucking, 
I used to jerk off to BET rap videos before before I had access to porn. Good. I did the fucking Sears outlet mags. Come on, old school. Like Dr. Dre, the chronic um, uh, with the, the Snoop Dogg in it. The girls in the back of the the the, the fucking low top or whatever they call them. Oh my Who god. Uh, Nelly, Nelly had a few good videos. Like that's how pathetic I was back then. That's nah, how old you were. Were you jerking off to that? music videos? Uh, what? Oh. Uh, Chris Isaac Wicked Games 9,000 times YouTube the video I actually found out later on in life that he had sex with the girl while the video was being filmed okay so it's funny we're in the we're in the age bracket where we didn't have to deal with our parents pain where like maybe they got a Sears catalog or or and they went to the bra section or or hey maybe even they got a couple page out of pages out of a playboy and they had to use that on repeat well, the, the kids nowadays won't know our struggles of, of, of that music videos where now they just, dude, it's, there's everything. They could get no. on their phone. They could do it. In, they could do it at the bathroom at their school. I, I just now there's kids insane. in seventh grade that think girls are supposed to have their buttholes bleached. I mean, I'm pretty sure the times have changed. <laughs> uh, gee, you got one for the wit dog there or what? Yeah. So the I'm last so, one, I'm sounding like Tippett over here. <laughs> the last one is, Boomer. uh, Okay, the last boom. one is, is wit, and it's would you rather play your entire professional hockey career in the KHL in Novus Kuznets and be able to golf when you retire or play in the NHL and never be able to golf when you retire? Oh, that's a fucking unbelievable question. Uh, it would have been Novus Kuznets. Because, but, but here's the thing. I, I, to be able to golf the way I want to golf, I had to make the money I had to make. So if I could have made 30 sheets in Novokus Nets and crushed a bunch of crocodile up my skull, then I'm all in for it. Now, if you told me if I played in the NHL and won a Stanley Cup and I couldn't golf, I'd have to think about it a little more. But, man, your, my career ended when I was 32. I, what the hell? Would I, what, what am I going to do? I hate fishing. I get seasick like a piece of shit. I can't even go on the ferry over Nantucket. I got to fly. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> I, I just basically can't imagine no golf, so I got to go with Nobles Kuznets with me and uh, – I think there's plenty other hobbies. I don't mean like cycling. What? Like, what am I going to like yeah. – what am I going to do? Cycling? I feel like you'd be a good tennis player. I am good at tennis. I am actually very good at tennis. I How do you get around on those ankles? I don't really move that much because I place the ball in the perfect spot on the court. Nobody can <laughs> okay, get to him. Federer. Nobody can get to him. No, I'm nasty at tennis. Yeah. I'm nasty. Are you at really? Ask my buddies. Yeah, I played growing up. Nasty tennis player. <laughs> you're I'll just take an anyone. On. I'll athlete. take anyone on in tennis. You're hey, you're you're good at all the cake eater sports. Yeah, I'm a little pussy. <laughs> how uh, are so you? That, hey, how are you at basketball? Horrific. <laughs> Hor- Why do you think I hate it? Are so you much? worse than me? No, I guarantee you're better than me, dude. I don't even really I, I, remember that my, content piece. I my knee was not. Yeah, familiar. yeah, but you you look you're you looked athletic. Like uh, I'm telling you, if you saw me on a basketball court, I remember the only basketball memory I had. I played in sixth grade, and my good buddy Jack Greeley, he's the kid I've mentioned before on here who beat Flurry in the breakaway competition that played college hockey. I told that story. Well, he was he had a fast break and he was like my best friend from hockey and I just tripped him and he went falling flying in could have got injured. Now was my basketball memory because I was like oh, I got beat I'll just trip this kid. Do you think you could beat RA in a basketball game? 100%. RA. Let's do it. it who knows? Maybe RA played in high school. I did. Um I was <laughs> oh, oh, you played in high school? Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I played well, I'm not saying I'll play him. Yeah. I'm saying I'd beat him. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give that. I would back him in, Biz. I'd be fucking boom, boom, dude, I mean, I don't, and I would force step, him. I would come force him him to the key. I'm gonna load. step all over those fucking ankles, dude. I'd, I'd force him saying. to take a load management school. day off, like the NBAers. Oh man! All right. Wait, I'll bet you a thousand bucks you can't beat him in a, a, a basketball game up to ten. Game and on! Got to play to eleven. Game on! Okay, so all right, sorry. Right. See, RA even knows the fucking rules in basketball. You're fucked, dude. Buddy, yeah. I will be fucking laughing as I'm winning this one and taking a thousand. All right, I'll give you every you. cent that I win off him uh, if you beat him. All right, we'll have to do it in the summer, and I'm gonna have to get lose a few pounds before I uh, I take them on. So. I'm gonna get you a fucking YouTube shooting coach, or not a YouTube. The you know these Instagram accounts where they have shooting. I'm gonna find you a shooting coach. We're gonna be doing drills. I'm gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do this. All right, we yeah, can beat our, we can be wet. I got a little little hoop history. I actually hit a fucking game winning three one time, but we don't have to talk oh, about that. Oh fuck! We're not talking about NBA Jam on Sega. <laughs> no, it was, it was only BNBL, but it was still a fucking game. Oh, he's fucking dropping league names on you, bitch. <laughs> Boston neighborhood basketball league. Yeah, dude. The funny part is the guy, my buddy, passed it to me by accident. It was like inbound and at the buzzer. There was like three seconds left. We were down two. And my buddy was, you know, coming over half court, and he sees he starts throwing it to me because he sees a six one blonde guy. And as he passes, he lets go, and you can see his face kind of go like, "Oh shit!" Because you realize I wasn't wrong guy, but I, I couldn't pass it. It was at the buzzer. Throw it up, fucking nothing but net, which was hilarious. I would have thought off the glass. I have a fucking, boner after the that story. Looked on my friends' faces like that's when you know you really did something when you look at your friends' faces and they're like, "Holy fuck, he hit it!" So that was my uh, my one highlight, not my one highlight, but my definitely my biggest. Hoop I might I might even put more money on this game. Yeah. All right, boys, that'll wrap up the mailbag. Now we got to go to the gambling corner. <laughs> Tuning up here. Um, let's see. Friday afternoon, we nailed Tampa Bay's Friday win versus the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I said only money line, no puck line. Thank God. They only won 3 2. Uh, so now I got to pick a few days out. A couple teams will have already played in the interim. Uh, but having said that, the Penguins are in MSG Tuesday night, and I'm going to jump on the Penguins. I have no idea how they'll have done since then or the Rangers, but uh, I think they're a better team. I like road teams. They're typically better numbers. So Tuesday night at MSG, I'm going to jump on the Penguins. And this is the tough part, too, because the other day I gave out Tampa. I had no idea they were going to be 160, 170. I, I just I thought the line was going to be lower because of their record. I usually don't bet teams that high. So hopefully the Penguins will be around the 140, 150 tops. Uh, probably going to take them, not probably going to take them on the money line, probably chase them with the puck line as well. Uh, I'll give out specific wages when I put the blog up Tuesday. But again, Pittsburgh, Tuesday at MSG over the Rangers. And also, Today is Veterans Day in the United States, and we'd like to thank everyone who has served and serves today. It's a huge sacrifice to dedicate one's life to the armed services, and we appreciate the hell out of you here at Spit and Chicklets. Well said. Well said. Uh, I have a video um, that I don't know if I'm going to release yet. Could be my first tweet in quite a while. Could just be sent to you, Grinelli. So the other day, night, NHL Network had a show on. I didn't see the beginning. I think it was top 30 like personalities in hockey, but it was an old video. So I'm watching it, and all of a sudden, number 19, Paul Bissonnette comes. There were some classic old clips of you, like, interviewing girls on the street and stuff. So what I did was, during the video, I just paused it, and I gave my opinion on each (laughs) thing he said. So maybe we'll get that out there at some point. I thought it was pretty funny. It was basically oh, this is me what just I was carving doing. I had to do something with the coyotes, with the man on the street. Was I wearing a white shirt? I don't remember the shirt you were wearing, but it wasn't just that. It was a bunch of things like your, your, like your like placement in the game and like funny like audio clips. But I just had opinions on everything you said. So maybe we'll get that video out. 
I want to see this fucking video before it goes out. All right, don't worry about it. Wait, wait, where did you find that video? It was just on NHL Network, and I said, oh, my God, yes. I'll go, Hold on, Bree. I go, record this. Yeah, it was on the recently? other day. It was, the only reason it was on is because the Bruins Red Wings were on NHL Network, but, but it's blacked out when, when it's in Boston, right, because Nesson has it. So then they show these, like, old, like, time filler type videos. And oh, God. It, I, like, Ron how cr- how cringeworthy? How cringeworthy was some of the content? Not, not really cringeworthy. It was funny. It was funny. Like, I think fans of you, you will think it's pretty funny. Like, I just. All I just five had... of them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> no. Anyway. All right, guys. guys we oh, love you. Yeah. Oh, did we talk about the meet and greet? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did that about five minutes ago. Weed works. And then <laughs> if we. Keep um, puffing. <laughs> if something happens, Biz, I told these guys, something happens tonight. I'll get on there. I'll get on here tomorrow and, and I'll recap it. So don't yeah. you guys worry. You're so actually, if you're, listen, like if you're listening mission. to this and nothing happened, you didn't hear me address anything. And if, you, if you're listening to this, you also know that I would have stepped up to the plate and covered my boy had something happened. All right. Go with Peace. Ethan. Bye. I'm out. Love you. See you guys. And as always, we'd like to say thank you to our sponsors and listeners. We hope you're supporting our sponsors because they're awesome. If you want to check out Men's League Sweaters, go to mensleaguesweaters.com slash chicklets or use the promo code chicklets. For Roman swipes, you want to go to getroman.com slash chicklets. To check out Black Buffalo, go to blackbuffalo.com and use the promo code SC. And to keep those chicklets looking their best, go to getquip.com slash chicklets. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.